Preview. Get inspired every Monday and Friday right here on your favorite inspirational show, Morning Inspirational Radio Show, hosted by Dalton, the producer, bringing that gospel flavor, old school, new school, holy hip hop, and don't forget about that Friday praise break. Get inspired through encouraging words, special guests, and the inspirational moment where you, the listener, get a chance to be on air. So tune in Monday and Friday, 9 a.m., 10 o'clock Eastern, Morning Inspirational Radio Show. Log on to Morning Inspirational Radio Show. Sign up for the newsletter so you never miss an update. Shit We Never Asked For is a podcast dedicated to your process. Getting you the most authentic perspective in real time, we're your hosts, Isaiah Anthony and Android Roy. Rooted in intention and developing as a constant narrative, we are here to question all the things and, in the process, interrupt and explore our own patterns of being. Each week, we invite you to meet us where we are at by inwardly assessing and outwardly progressing. Our aim is to build a collective knowledge of productive self-work by asking ourselves, why? By choosing to share our gaze into ourselves, all that we hold, and why we hold things this way, it is our wish to uncover the intersectionality where self-awareness, intentional actualization, and personal accountability meet. And that, friends, is where you have trusted us to take you. With loving energy and immense gratitude, turn your volume up and let's get into it. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode. How y'all feeling? How y'all doing? Hope y'all week is going good and all the things and whatnot. <laughs> Don't look at me like that. Hi, friend. How are you feeling? What's good, y'all? Um, I'm I'm good. I've been just swamps lately, just crazy busy, but I'm I'm good. It's been a good week so far. Yes, and Thursday. And excuse our sound, we're recording remotely. We're going remote now with them moving and stuff. So we'll see how this sounds and turns up when we're finished. So (laughs) if there's any issues, excuse us while we try to figure this shit out. (laughs) We still giving you the message that y'all would like to receive uh, on this day. So, you know, be patient. Show us a little grace. (laughs) But you look cute. Thank you. You look like you need a nap. I do. I woke up tired. I was like, damn, that wasn't effective. Not waking up tired. I can't. I can't. So how are things getting going, getting ready for your surgery and this big move? Yeah, I think that's that's that that whole piece is just been it's been a lot. Um I got scheduled today for my CT angiogram, which means they are going to inject my blood vessels with this liquid that's going to make all of them appear on this scan so they can figure out which site is going to be the best site for the surgery. So that is scheduled for tomorrow. Um, they asked me if I would like to be sedated for that, and it made me laugh because I was like, wait, <laughs> oh. don't put me out just because, um, but I will not be sedated. Is it supposed to hurt? Time. No, it's just some people get claustrophobic or some people get, because they have to run a machine over your body. And so some people get really claustrophobic or like some people will get kind of like scared um, just because if they haven't had it happen before, I just go to sleep. Um, Okay. (laughs) I literally just like, okay, I'm going to like, I'm in bed. I just go to sleep. 
um, and it tends to help. The skin is only it's like thirty minutes, but you have to remain still, and sometimes that can that can it can be a lot. Um, so I'm just mentally preparing right now. I think it's been a lot of shifting for me. It's been a lot of mm-hmm. moving or transitioning things or closing things or starting new processes or all this stuff and that's kind of just been a theme of my life I'm realizing like there's this constant process or this constant (laughs) shifting or adjusting that I'm having to make and so I'm excited to be in a place of peace at some point like to not have to worry about any of this stuff anymore in the future and that's the best part about it yeah like getting through this piece I will never have to do it again (laughs) so it's like it's exciting because I'm ready. I think now more than anything, I'm just ready to get this the fuck over with because it's been so much build up, <laughs> so much time. I know. But before we get super deep, because you know we've we've our cute little catch up. Uh, what are we talking about today, friend? Because you are leading this topic this time. Yeah. So I'm y'all today. The the idea, the hope, or the goal is to. In and in, in and like through our own reflection, really see how like how we've shown up for ourselves in our lives, like for the things that are important to us and like how we've maintained that integrity, but also how those things have caused shifts. Like maybe originally that wasn't a priority or that wasn't important or things that we thought were meaningful or things that we thought we would be doing or things that we thought that at this point in our lives, we would have accomplished, or at this point in our lives, we would have, we would have been there sort of like milestones, like whatever that looked like, maybe it doesn't look like that anymore. Maybe that's not how life panned out. Maybe that's not what was meant for you. So like think to yourself in this moment or think back to a time, if you've ever felt a sense of, I did that shit. Like I really <laughs> did that. So for any and all future efforts, think back to a time where you felt like there's a superior sense of accomplishment, like in your being, in your body, there was this moment where you felt like I put in a lot of time and a lot of effort and it materialized and, and it materialized in the best way. Not the ones where you like, I put in time and effort and it kind of worked out and we've got, that's called an experience. An experience is what happens is what we call it when <laughs> it didn't pan out the way we thought it was going to. We're like, oh, that was an experience. Like, oh, maybe we won't do that again. But like a time where no, everything that you planned, everything that you wanted, everything that could have went right did. Because I feel like those moments don't happen often, but when they do, they feel really fucking good. And so it's like, how did you get there? Like, how did you get to that point? There had to have been something that motivated you. And how do you tap into those motivation pieces or those motivation senses when you're not as motivated about other things like because for me it's weird how that doesn't transfer right like I have these really badass moments where I'm like yeah I'm doing it and I'm doing it well and it just makes sense and then I have these moments where I'm like I just don't want to do that I really don't and it's required and I have no interest nor there's nothing like there's nothing that wants me or is motivated or pushing me or anything in that direction so it's like Hmm. And I feel like, I don't know, is there like a moment that comes to mind exactly for you? Like, oh, okay, I did that. That made sense. Like it went all according to plan. And not even that it went according to plan. It was just a beautiful moment, the way it manifested itself. But it possibly did go completely according to plan. Yes, immediately. Um, 
the first thought that came to mind was the first burlesque festival slash competition that I've ever entered last year. Um, and not a lot of people know that I've done that because I haven't posted any pictures. I haven't shared anything. A lot of people have seen the outfit, that that lilac outfit that I be rocking that I'm obsessed with. That outfit was created for that festival. And it was, um, I, I felt so proud of that entire process in particular because I had done solo acts before but it was the first time that I was creating an act from scratch that wasn't part of a production so it could be exactly how I wanted it to be most of the times that I've been I've done my own acts here and there it's either been something that I've thrown together really really quick so it's not super in-depth or it's for a very specific show and theme like Valentine's Day or Halloween. And even though, even then I've kind of had some constraints because like I said, it's with a different, um, it's with a company. So that means that I have to make sure that what I'm doing is me, but also still fits the brand and is appropriate for the company. So having this type of freedom for something had me really excited, especially because it was, uh, we had to do funk music. So I was in my bag. I said, oh, bitch. So I get to be in full auntie mode while I'm on stage. This is tea. So it was the first time that I created a concept. I worked with um, a designer to help me create some of my costume pieces. I put hours and hours and hours custom painting boots, rhinestoning harnesses and corsets and... um hours of Googling trying to find very specific pieces because I had a very, very specific idea of what I wanted to look like. I, When people ask me what my style of um, burlesque is, especially when it comes to aesthetic, I always say Dominique Devereaux from Dynasty meets Sailor Moon Crystal Tokyo. Like I want to look like an anime character, but I also want to look really, really expensive and rich. <laughs> um... And I worked with uh, one of my favorite performers, Porcelain. They helped me develop my act because I'm known for just going go, 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 being high energy. So this was the first time where I really challenged myself to do less, which is hard for me because you know me. When I perform, I like to be big and I like to be extra. So figuring out how to still have that same intensity with minimal amount, amount of movement because it's burlesque. It's the art of the tease. I have to make you want it. You have to earn this ass. Um, it's... <laughs> <laughs> Not you have to earn this ass. You're you annoying. Do. You do. Oh my God. Um, you better make him earn it. <laughs> but it felt. I ended up getting second place. Right. For the night. And it felt so good. Like, I got so many compliments. I got so many affirmations. I. I felt so in my bag and so in my power in that moment. And it, it, oh. It oh, it was great. It was great. And in that, what it made me realize is that I really just want to work on my own shit. Because everything that I had pictured, 
it came together the way that I wanted to. And there were definitely certain um, trial and error in between. I think the week of when I put all of my costume pieces on and was trying stuff, certain things weren't staying on and they were slipping off only because of uh, how it was created. So last minute I had to figure out, okay, bitch, I got to figure out some type of mechanism so that this bitch doesn't slide off when I'm just, you know, walking across the stage. So um, it was a really good lesson in seeing if I really knew how to pivot, because we always talk about being able to pivot. Being able to pivot the way that I I say I can. Um, and it was a great challenge because I I feel like I overcame it. And it was a beautiful experience. It's I'm I applied for it again this year because a bitch, I want to get first place. <laughs> I'm not about uh I'm not a trophy girl, but it's just because I'm so passionate about this, I'm like, no, I I wanna go. I want to go for that first place, not because it comes with the trophy, but because there are a lot of opportunities that come with winning first place. Um, and I want to try to get those opportunities. Plus the experience that I had when I did that show was so beautiful because it is a burlesque festival specifically for black and brown folks for us to show up, show out, show our ass, show our titties, uh, and be fine on stage, different shades, different bodies, different styles, aesthetics, it moods. Uh, 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 uh. One of my proudest moments, hands down, is I when you were talking about that and I started thinking about things, I immediately went to that. Immediately. It, ooh. Right. Mm, mm. And think about it now, it just makes you feel all warm and gushy. I was going to say, and, and think about how you feel. Like, that's that's what we need more of like sitting in our own greatness or like sitting in our own power doesn't happen often because we are on that autopilot right like we continuously go and we and we're on to the next right okay i did that performance next one i did that show next one i did that speech next one and it's like you kind of just it, you're just processing at, you're not even processing you're just going like you're just planning and moving but there's never like I took that in. Like, I really took that whole moment in. It wasn't just another gig. It wasn't just another night. It wasn't just another random display. It wasn't just another, like, it, I took that in. Like, I felt every moment I was, I was completely present. And I feel like often that's not the case. And getting to sit in your own greatness looks like, wait a minute. Stop looking in front of you for like two seconds. Look behind you. Look at everything you have done, everything you've accomplished to this point, to the to the degree of even like breathing, like living. Your life is a choice for you to live it every single fucking day, and you had to decide to do something with it. And the fact that you chose to do whatever you're doing, for better or for worse, in this moment right now, you can always choose to do something different, but never, ever, ever discredit the work that you've done to get to this point. And I feel like that's what these surgeries have really, really shown me, like, I, and I'm, I'm not going to go into detail about the surgeries because I believe in privacy, but what I will say about the surgeries is that that it's a long time coming and they're not, they're, they're optional. So for me, they weren't, <laughs> for, for some they are. And so it becomes this thing where it's like, how bad do you want it? And what are you going to do to get there? What is it going to take to get there? And are you willing to take those steps? And never fully knowing the reward, right? Like you didn't know as you were rhinestoning, you didn't know as you were sewing, you didn't know as you were cut, like you didn't know as all that was happening that you were going to end up with a masterpiece, that you were going to end up with the, with the, 
with something that you really, really were like, okay, uh, this works. Like I'm attached to this or this, this resonates with me or I'm never going to forget this. And so I remember that. I remember that in a lot of ways when it comes down to like the assumptions that people make about me or the thing or fact from fiction, right? Like sitting in my own greatness looks like admitting to myself my accomplishments, admitting to myself and acknowledging to myself my challenges and also being able to say neither of those things like define me or create my value or add or deplete it. Like there's, there's, there's a lot of work that's had to go into really just understanding each scenario is what it is. And if it's successful, great. If it's not, there's still something to learn. And so these processes have really like really, really pushed me into acknowledging first and foremost, like every milestone. And to also think that like time is such a really weird concept to me, like as a construct, it's very weird in that not only does it keep moving, I can't create it. I can't get it back. Um, And I don't believe it's something to spend. I believe it's something to invest. And so I have to be smart about where I'm putting that energy and where I'm deciding to allot that effort. And I think it's been really cool to come into community with a lot of people, especially in the last year, who are my support system. And I'm learning there's something there's some things for me where they work, right? Like there's some things about my life that just work for me. There's people in my life that work for me. There's there's and not work in the sense where like there's capitalism involved, like someone's getting paid or there's a service, but work in the way where the connection is meaningful and it's balanced and it's and it's a part of my life in a way that makes sense. And so in times and I'm learning that in times of stress, like it's hard very 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 hard for me to reach out because I'm somebody who I don't know if you all have ever heard this phrase but like somebody is high need right like I'm not I don't believe that needs are wrong or needs are bad but this idea of like having high needs or multiple needs or being needy like having need all the time is 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 stressful not only for you but for other people and so it's hard to not feel burdensome or it's hard not to feel like it's a lot, especially because you know it's a lot for you. Like whatever the things are that you're holding, whatever the things are that you're balancing, whatever the things that you you see and nobody else does for your life or for yourself or about a situation, those are all <laughs> those are hard. You hold them and you kind of hold them to yourself and by yourself. And I'm learning that with all of the stuff that I have in the ether happening, there has to be a way to start somewhere and start one at a time. And I find that I can often affirm myself in those starting places when I go back to understanding, even though I haven't done this before, I've been here before. I've been in a place of having to start. I've been in a place of not knowing what to do, not knowing where to start. I've been here before. This It's familiar. It's not the same situation, but it's a familiar setting. So now I have to pick a spot. And then from there, either go forwards or backwards, depending on which piece needs to happen so we can continue to move forward. But it's been this moment where it's like, I'm feeling a really, really huge sense of accomplishment and like just learning to sit in that because I don't feel that often and not because I haven't accomplished a lot, just because I find that people are more stuck on telling you what you haven't done or what you have yet to accomplish than acknowledging what you have done and what you have accomplished because those are also really, really, really big things. And 
loving yourself looks like learning how to speak your own love language and oftentimes we don't even really know what those are like yeah maybe we want words of affirmation from other folks but do we ever really give ourselves words of affirmation maybe we want quality time from other people do we actually ever spend quality time with ourselves when's the last time that we actually took time to say yeah nigga you're doing some good shit (laughs) you're pretty badass like that that's amazing um and i've i've struggled Specifically, like when it came to this idea of shifting or moving around or talking about how to sit in those accomplishments, I've struggled with really and like honestly and authentically wanting to like achieve the things that make me happy because I was told that those things aren't how you're supposed to be able to make a life, right? Like following your dreams, doing the stuff you want to do, doing the stuff that brings you joy. It's not supposed to be a way for you to create a living. And I don't care. <laughs> I'm going to do what I want to do. So <laughs> I, I don't really give a fuck. And I find that that's weird. It's, 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 I don't want to live my life making somebody else's dream come true. And I wasn't put in this world <laughs> to realize other people's visions. So I'm in a, I feel hugely accomplished in a way that choosing me has felt so good. And it has been so hard not to choose me, but to continue to do so in a way that is like meaningful for myself when I could just say, fuck it. Like, I, I, maybe the surgery isn't for me. Maybe moving isn't for me. Maybe I just don't want to do that right now. Maybe today is the day I don't feel like getting dressed or getting out of bed. Like, I just don't care to. And all of those, all of those things, when I remember how much I've accomplished, when I remember how much I am doing or how much it took to get to that point, I want to continue to move forward. I want to continue to keep going, even if I don't have anything left to go on. And it's not necessarily creating a mentality of like, yeah, burnout culture is real. I'm not saying don't be burnt out. Ugh, over yourself. That's a whole episode in itself. Right? Like, don't be burnt out over yourself. And <clears throat> in the moments that you are burnt out or when you feel like, I just don't have the strength or the energy for this shit today. Like, I, this is, this is a lot. And it's been a lot, right? Like, you can still, and I feel like that's that's the other part. I've been having conversation recently with some folks who, and even with my mom, and there was a conversation we had around, like, how can two things be true, right? She asked me a question about a statement I had made, and she asked me a question about another statement I had made. I told her, mom, those are both true, and she felt they were contradictory, and I was like, they're not. You can be a good parent and also be a terrible partner. Those can both be true of the same person. You can be a good educator and not know shit about having to be a student like you don't you don't know like there's there's levels to the shit where we teach best what we most need to learn and i feel like a lot of times people how can you teach something you don't need to no people say have patience <laughs> are you patient <laughs> like do you actually have patience are you asking something of other people you yourself know how to do or are you asking something of somebody else that you wish someone would have taught you how to do in an effort for it possibly to have been easier for you to do and it's a juxtaposition, right? And so I'm learning a lot of things that are true for me. I may have my challenges, but that also doesn't take away from me being an amazing guy. I may have my shortcomings, but that also doesn't take away from all of the work that I've done or all the investment in myself that I've cared to invest in. And so it's like two things can be true of you at the same time. Historically, maybe you were an mm-hmm. asshole. <laughs> maybe mm-hmm. you weren't the nicest person. Maybe maybe you said some shitty things. Maybe you were really homophobic. Maybe you were really transphobic. Maybe you were really ableist. Maybe you had some fucked up mentalities that you just adopted. We all do. They're all there. We have biases and we're not 
without them ever. Like they all influence us. So it's like, that doesn't have to be how you define yourself though. Like that didn't have to be where you stay. And knowing that, yeah, maybe I was dickish in the past. Maybe I was a brat. Maybe Oh, I, I have fully sat back and been like, who bitch, like, you were doing the most. Right, like maybe. maybe. <laughs> but I think that that comes with, the, you know, that's developing that self-awareness. And it's okay for you. I don't, I don't want to say it's okay for you to be an asshole. Um, but yes, yeah, so I'll be assholes. We're all out. Yes. I, I, what I'm trying to say <laughs> is that um, it's a really good feeling to be able to look back at, at self mm-hmm. and seeing how you have evolved and how you have grown and having, I say this all the time, having an understanding that um the growth never stops mm-hmm. and it's, you know, things are always changing and culture is always shifting and you just need to be able to be, to be able to shift along with it and do any of that unlearning, relearning um, that you got to do. You really have to take time to process for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. For- I know that you were talking about how, um, you have trouble actually sitting back looking at your accomplishments. It's funny because the, I was definitely the same way, especially when it came to um, performing. It was very much gig after gig after gig after gig, project after project after project after project. And during the pandemic, having that time to finally sit down, and I, I think I've said this before, that the pandemic really taught me what taking a step back really looks like because I... For the most part, I thought I would, you know, I'm taking a step back. I'm not going to work on things. No, bitch, you just removed a couple of things, but you're still doing a lot. Mm -hmm. That really showed me what stillness was because, you know, we were stuck in the house. We couldn't do shit. Mm -hmm. So for me, um, that's also partially one of the reasons why it took so long for me to want to start performing again and getting back out there because... I have thoroughly been enjoying not doing shit. <laughs> and in that process, right, in that process of not doing anything, it gave me a chance to really reflect on things that I've done and things that I've accomplished. And it showed me that I, in some sense, needed to slow down a little bit and enjoy the moment. As soon as I would be done with one project, I would immediately think, okay, what am I going to work on next? Not, not giving myself that time to really just sit mm-hmm. in that joy and look at hey i did really really well or even if it didn't go quite as well as i wanted to be like all right this may have not gone the way that i wanted it to but let, let's there's still a lesson here let's see what we can change what we did well mm-hmm. um and how we can go into it next time mm-hmm. if there is a next time and i've i've been trying to do my best at slowing down now that I'm performing and honestly not even just performing performing being social ballroom all those things again I'm definitely um definitely learning to just slow down and take my time and really prioritize what it is that I want to do and creating those really solid boundaries for myself and not overextending myself when it comes to my stuff and my own work, but doing the same when I work with other people and being very cautious and selective on what projects and gigs I take, because I'm now in this space where if it doesn't align with 
what I want to do long term, I would rather not invest in it if it's not going to, if I'm not going to get something out of it. And that doesn't always have to be money. That can be a lesson. That can be access to something. That can be a new skill set. If if it's not going to give me something, I'm more than likely just going to say no. Right. There has to be some type of form of reciprocity in some form yeah. of like reciprocation in anything and like a mutually beneficial thing. Something you mentioned earlier when talking about the, the <laughs> like our processes in life and the process of like continuously being on autopilot. You talked about this idea of stillness and what it means. And for us, like it really made me think about the pandemic in a way where like the pandemic forced stillness. But like, how do we choose stillness, right? Like, how do we, how do we incorporate a moment, or build out a moment, or just take a moment to kind of just? <sighs> oh, you're asking me that. <laughs> yes, I mean, like, um, uh, no one's gonna make that moment for us. Like, we don't all get yeah. the time during the day where it goes. Everyone, be still. Ding. Well. I- I think one thing to understand is that availability and free time are not the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I have free time doesn't mean I'm available to do whatever I'm being asked to do. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. I, because my schedule is picking up, I, I look for those pockets and prioritize. Okay. These weekends I ain't doing shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I ain't doing it. Don't ask me to go nowhere. I'm not getting up. <laughs> My nigga, I'm not getting up. I'm, I am swaddled in this blanket right now. Yes, she I'm is welcome. hugging me and this pillow is kissing me all over the face. I'm not moving at all. <laughs> at all. And then, um, I know another thing that I do is that I have, cutoff times during the weekday when I am working on stuff. So usually my cutoffs are, I will not go past six, seven o'clock. If I do go past that, it's because it's usually closer towards a deadline that I'm trying to meet and I need to make sure that things get done. But once six o'clock clock hits, I'm done because I would say around four o'clock, that's when my brain starts to slow down and I start to kind of wind down and I'm like, I don't have the capacity for this anymore. So I'm going to go ahead and just chill now and do something else. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is there, is there anything else? Let me see. Um, I hide my phone. (laughs) Oh yeah. I hide my phone. Um, I'll put it in somewhere where it's not, I can't reach it with my hand. Cause to me, what I've learned about that is when I don't, it out of sight, out of mind really is a thing for me. If I don't see my phone in a vicinity where I can reach for it, I'm much more less likely to sit there and just scroll through my phone and look at things. Yeah. All of you, anybody listening to this, get the fuck off your phones and get into something else. The, these things are a living d- trap. Just continuous <laughs> stimulation over and over and over and over for people that are giving you facades of their lives. Get off your phones and get into yourself, please, for the love of God. Just because there's the, everything is so oversaturated right now with so much content. Content, 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 content. Like, just everywhere. And I don't care what kind of fucking content it is. It could be quotes. It could be puppies. It could be watermelons and how you could cut them 12 different ways. And I've seen some shit. 
Like there's just stuff all <laughs> oh over the place. God. There's so much stuff. You don't realize how much of that though is a distraction. Like it does really take away a lot of time. I also love the do not disturb. <laughs> I rock the. Sh- if you are not on my um, my little list of people that can reach me, because that's only like four or five people. Mm-mm. Do not disturb is my tea. That shit goes on automatically. I think at nine o'clock for me, and then sometimes I just put that on a uh, full blast. I tell anybody that if they trying to reach me and it's an emergency, you are gonna have to call twice because that's the only way it's gonna get through. Mm-hmm. So that's a ton of I mean that's a honestly that's a lot of the ways that I uh I set that time out for myself so that I can breathe cuz I used to have a really bad habit of um I would work to into the long hours of the day. So that by the time that I finished in the evening like 7 8 o'clock I would stay up much later uh-huh. than I needed to uh-huh. because I wanted that me time I for myself. It. I need it. And so that's what I'm saying, y'all. Prioritize yourselves. Figure out a way not only to get into yourself and get into your accomplishments, but figure out a way in your daily life to get into you. Get off your phone. Get out of Instagram. Get off Twitter. Get off all that shit and look at yourself. I firmly do believe if we spent more time looking at ourselves and less time looking at what we think people around us have, we'd be in such a better spot. The one thing that I would like to encourage everybody to do, because this is what I have done for myself, because like I said, I used to have a bad habit of not looking at my accomplishments and patting myself on the back. So um, in my journal and then also in my notes app, um, I have a section called accomplishments and there I have it. Let me see. Let me, let me pull her up real quick. No, let me, let me pull let me, her up. Let me reference. Yes. So what I do is I have, how many is this? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I have seven different, uh, I'll just call them bullets, seven different, or categories. There we go. I have seven different categories. Some are like bigger things. Some are smaller things. Um, just because I also add in taking care of myself and self-care as an accomplishment <laughs> and celebrating that. So I have performances slash ballroom. Uh, I have TV series, movies, anime and cartoons. I watch books that I've read projects that I'm working on. Um, and then like video games that I've beaten. And then whenever I accomplish something, I go in and I just do a little bullet and I, uh, just write a quick little note about what it was. And then later on in my journal, I go in and I do a much more in-depth analysis of what it is I accomplished and um, how it made me feel, what I learned, um, uh, you know, all the little bells and whistles and stuff like that. So that's just what I do. So that's a suggestion for y'all so that y'all can actually take the time to sit back, look at what you've achieved, and like I said, pat yourself on the back and feel good. Right, y'all. Y'all got some homework. Think of think of three things, three or four things about yourself that you really do appreciate, that you really do love. That could be your work ethic. That could be your eyes. That could be your ability to make folks laugh. Whatever that is, but three things for you mm-hmm. that really do make you feel good and and hone in on those and think about those more often. And anytime you feel like fuck, I just I'm not it. Life sucks. People are shitty. Remember those things. I remember that I am handsome, that I am powerful, and that I am in control of my own happiness every day. Nigga, you ugly. I am so fine, y'all. <laughs> y'all don't even know. Y'all saw my picture. I'm up there braided. Y'all see, I don't got hair now, but like, it was there. Oh, sweet God. All right, y'all. Here we love we y'all. 
Typical light skin. We will nigga. be back. Uh, you know, Juan. <laughs> we will be back with another episode next week or the week after. No, we or won't, nigga. See, look after. at you fucking up or our schedule. After. Quit talking. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> shut up. We love y'all so much, and we'll see y'all next time. All right, y'all. Peace. And that's a wrap, y'all. We appreciate y'all tuning in for this week's episode of Shit We Never Asked For. New episodes release every other Wednesday. Don't forget to comment, subscribe, and hit us with those five-star reviews, honey. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at NeverAskPod for new updates, upcoming content, and future projects. You can also show all the love by joining our Patreon. Your support allows us to continue bringing you quality content. Hell, we made it even easier for y'all by dropping all the links at the bottom. It's all in the episode description. Go click it. Thank you. And with that, there's no more to be said. We're going to see y'all next week. Y'all know where to find us. Peace. (laughs) Bye, y'all. Hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Audio Hub Preview. Your extracurricular activities are enjoyable, but they could be magical. Get the heightened tingle in all the right places with Chingling. It's the better sex pill for husbands, wives, entanglements that make your sexual experience spectacular. Nice to end too early or mornings that aren't as vigorous? Chingling, baby. Put a little get up, stay up, and go harder in the bedroom where it counts. Why be good when you can be great? Make your love life magical and order yours today at ChingleBrands.com. That's C-H-I-N-G-A Brands.com. For comprehensive eye care, choose the doctors at Clarkson Eye Care. We really cover a full scope of optometry. And the staff and equipment available to meet the patient's needs in a timely manner. If you're faced with an eye emergency, we are equipped to get you in as fast as possible. If it's something where we need a second opinion, yes, the network we have is is outstanding. For your family's eye care, choose Clarkson Eye Care. I want them to feel confident that they are going to leave with my best care for them. What's up, peeps? I know it's been a minute. It's your boy, the real Charlemagne. Welcome back to Brick City. Um, today, got a special guest, but before I get to that, um, hope everyone had a great uh, holiday, Easter. And, um, you know, you got Mother's Day coming up. Don't forget, get your Mother's Day gifts. Um, check out That's Good Chocolate. That's goodchocolate.com. Check out my mother, support her business. Hey, look, hey, the more y'all buy, the less I got to buy. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> support her. So um, go ahead and support my mom at deskofchocolate.com. And um, also, um, you know, just stay safe out there, people. You know, weather's warming up. You know, that, that C word is still around. So be safe out there. <clears throat> As things open up, you know, a lot of things start happening. All right. So today we're going to talk about why I left corporate America. You know what I'm saying? Um, today, I got this dude. I've been knowing him uh, virtually all his life. <laughs> virtually. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, and this is not a uh, look, this is not a, a trick. You know, it, it's 
it's, it's not two people, you know, it's not the same person talking twice, you know, one week. <laughs> so don't think it's a trick, camera trick. But, um, but yeah, this is my son, Tyrese. Tyrese Little. What's going on, guy? How you doing out there? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Appreciate you for having me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I said, man, we, um, you know, a lot of people, you know, first of all, let's, let's tell them about yourself. Then we're going to get into the beat of this thing. Tell the people a little bit about yourself. All right. So, uh, like you said, my name is Tyrese Little. I'm here in Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm the owner of Olympus Cuts. Um, and, yeah, so it's, it's a barbershop. Uh, that's basically, we venturing into new things. And also, pretty soon, which my dad probably don't know yet, but we're actually going to be expanding the barbershop, hopefully sooner than later. So, um, uh, Olympus Cuts is, is, is kind of a... Into everything involving involving barbering and beauty, uh, very very soon. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> we just we just all around the industry right now. So that's what my brand is, and that's that's um, you know what we are doing right now. So, gotcha. That's what's up. But uh, you know, before we get you know get into Olympus <laughs> cuts and how you got to Olympus cuts, you know, oh. tell tell you know. Um, you know, I had you on a show before last time we was talking about, you know, you publishing your your uh your ebook. Um and uh, you know, just gives information out. But before you got to that point, you know, you worked in corporate America. You worked with two Fortune five hundred companies mm-hmm. prior prior to leaving corporate America. Um, could you talk about your experiences without, you know, I don't want to bash on companies, but just talk about yeah, your experiences yeah. in, in those companies. And, um, you know, just tell people, you know, about the, the type of money you was making with those companies. And let's talk about that for a second. So my first job, um, first out of college, which I think I had the job without even having to say the name. I was doing rental cars. <laughs> um, I feel like that's that job that uh, a lot of athletes go into because it's a very high paced environment. Um a lot of people don't realize how much you actually move when you do the rental car thing. Um, even even things as, as as simple as washing cars, like you you wash cars pretty fast, <clears throat> and um and and do a, a whole lot of things on the back end that people don't see when they come in as a as a customer. But um that was my first job, and I made pretty decent money. I think I was making around like. My first job, I was making around like forty, forty-five thousand coming straight out of college, which was uh, which was good, you know, at the time, especially with me. I was living in Spartanburg, so Spartanburg is not an expensive city at all. Um, which is where I also went to college at. So I mean, so I had a roommate coming out of college, so my expenses were low, super low. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, that amount of money was actually more than enough, uh, especially when you're spending it right, and um, so I did that for probably, I think I did that for like six to eight months, maybe, right, which yeah. even going into like what you, what you were talking about with corporate America, like this day and age, people are not staying at jobs for 20 years. So <laughs> six to eight months was like, all right, I got some experience. What's next? Um, and that's kind of the generation we are now. So my next one, um, I became a territory sales manager which that was definitely a, a bump 
than pay and, and responsibility. Uh, I mean, pay-wise, I think I was God, I can't. I forgot exactly what the bait was, but I, I remember. So we, I remember my first first letter was fifty five thousand plus potential to make up to like forty percent bonus wise. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then it it went up, you know, over time throughout there. I, I remember I went up from like fifty five to sixty three to something. It was something else right before I left. Um, still with the same bonus structure. So I was making some pretty good money, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can make anywhere from set like 70, even on the $55,000 bonus, I mean, uh, salary, you could probably make, you know, like 70,000 or, you know, when I was making like 65, 63, 65, you know, you can get up in eighties and then past there, you definitely can get close to a hundred. So I was, I was definitely trending that way, especially with what I already had going on. And I had a lot of success in both jobs. You know, the first one, I was a top seller. Um, and I did really well as soon as I started. And actually, I found out that I got the, the second job while I was at a celebration for being a top seller. <laughs> first job. So, right. so um, I, I, I transitioned onto that and then like I said, the, the second job I did really good. I was rookie of the year, uh, made a lot of big sales. Like, so they moved me into Ohio. Right. And I closed a bunch of deals that, like, people didn't get closed in the past, probably working on for, I mean, they were trying to get these deals for five years. And I think I closed some of them in, like, six months to a year. Right. So uh, that's, you know, I had a lot of success with it. But I think I did that for, like, two and a half years. And then... Mm-hmm. Transition on to, to working for me. Right. Hey, look, hold on one second. So, <laughs> look, you, you downplay, look, you downplay a little bit because, yeah, I remember seeing a picture. You went, you was out there, you was living it up that week. You was out there in California. You know what I'm saying? Pop, yeah. Pops, Pops was a little jealous. You know, Pops <laughs> was like, yo, you could have took me with you, man. But then you met yeah. Tony, you met Tony Dungy. Like, yeah, you know I, I mean, like, you met, you met. I got, I, I got some what you do. Huh? I got sent some places too when I did that job. Like, cause I, and actually, I didn't even post. I didn't post uh, another trip. They actually sent me to. Uh, they sent me down there to. Uh, I think we went to Key West in Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Key, no, Key Biscayne in Florida mm-hmm. uh, because I, I sold good and literally they took me and Kelly on vacation. I didn't have to do any work. It was all vacation. So right. um, for being a you know being a top seller. Um, in my in my market, so we're really in my region. So that was between like Ohio, uh, Ohio, Detroit, like Indy, Indy, all those places like that. Um, in the Midwest, I was a top seller out there. So they sent, like I said, they sent me down to keep this game strictly for vacation. Right. Um, like like I said, they sent me to Cali to the resort. Uh, did Orlando, mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. Um, a bunch of different places, like just literally right. just because I was doing good. A couple of them was just like company meetings, but it was still a lot more fun than than work just exactly. because I was having that success. So right. right. So so needless to say, you know, before you left corporate America, <laughs> I mean you you basically was at the top of your game before mm-hmm. you left and with all the perks without you know, it wasn't like it was like you know, uh, uh, 
he was just a struggling person, you know, just trying to figure it out. But I know, but I, look, we was talking about that the other day. It was like, you know, you and then your youngest brother, we call y'all like the, 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 the nerds of the family because y'all, y'all like to try to figure stuff out. You know what I'm saying? You're going to do the best at what you do wherever you at. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, yeah. um, so I knew I knew you were gonna do well, you know, regardless of what you did or how you did it. Mm. So so pushing forward, you know, uh, what kind of transitioned you to say, hey, you know what, this is cool, but I this is not for me. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. what transitioned you to that? Um, <clears throat> I think for me first, the first thing that triggered early on was me closing that deal. And I didn't add up all the numbers in my head, but I can tell you that I closed my first big deal was millions of dollars, mm-hmm. like millions. <laughs> and I ain't talking about like one to two. I'm talking about millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. And I realized that I was like, man, I made this company all this money off of my efforts. And honestly, the, the salary that we were talking about didn't change. The bonus Ooh. structure that we were talking about didn't change. So for me, it was, um, especially being a former athlete, because I, I know you get out, you get out what you put in. And that was like tough for me at first because I was like, I didn't get out what I put in, in my opinion. Um, yeah, some people are okay with, uh, you know, closing something like that big and, you know, getting a pat on the back. But for me, let's, let's be honest, like the generation we in now, like we, it's like show me the money, like on, <laughs> on the movie, uh, what Cuba, Cuba Jr. said, show me the money, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, like that, that wasn't the case. And that wasn't the only deal that I had that was like a, a big deal. Um, I had this one account that as soon as they opened, I switched them all over to our product. And literally this, and we're talking about taking, and I work in the tire industry, so taking all the tires that they had on, and, and this takes a lot to convince somebody to be like, it's just like you buying a brand new car. Right. And me being able to sell you into taking your brand new tires off, mm-hmm. <laughs> getting rid of them. And putting these tires on, you trusted me enough to be like, yo, he he know what he's talking about. I'm going to save so much more money if I take these brand new things off and sell them for over deep. here probably for less. Right. And, and pay more at the highest dollar amount than what he's selling. And he's still going to save, save me money. Wow. Um, so I convinced the entire company, like when they moved, we we switched them all the way over. Um yeah. And in my opinion, it wasn't like a selfish thing, but it was kind of like nothing changes no matter how hard I work. Right. Um, and I and I was on my game as far as like customer service wise. So you can ask Kelly, a lot of times I would get calls or texts from clients like four in the morning. because uh, mm-hmm. you gotta remind remember these are like these guys in the trucking industry. So they may get started like three thirty or four thirty in the morning. So they text right. me as soon as they wake up. And a lot of times I responded, even though most people wouldn't, they'd be like, oh, I get to them at nine or whatever the case may be. Right. But I was always on top of my game. I was like, if I'm up, I'm going to respond real quick because 
this may be the difference between me responding and somebody else responding. You know, right. like I may get to a nine, that guy responded at five thirty. You know, and I didn't miss the sale. And you know, like I said, we the, the money that we talking about ain't, ain't small change. Right. So right. I was always trying to like hit goals, you know, and no matter how much you hit the goal, it was all it was always one of the things where the money never changed. And that that did bother me, you know. So right, right, right. um and also it was it was cool, but I started to realize that I think one time I, I was looking at my paycheck and I was looking at the breakdown of my paycheck and mm-hmm. I was realizing that I'm paying like even when people harp on benefits, like mm-hmm. I was paying for benefits anyway. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's at a group rate, but I said I, I pay for benefits anyway. Right. Uh 401ks, retirement plans, like I, I I put money into that anyway. Like this is my money. So mm-hmm. I started to realize that I can do it on my own. And another thing that a lot of people don't realize is that those things are dictated by a market. Mm-hmm. And it can go up or down. Right. I I didn't necessarily, or I don't necessarily like volatility in my future when it comes to retirement, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and that's why, like, you remember at the beginning, like, when I found out about whole life policies, right. that was another thing where I, like, I put that in my back pocket, and I was like, I was doing that when I turned 23, mm-hmm. but I was like, man, um, like, I can use it to my advantage to, to do what I want to do. Right, right. So, um, and lastly, what got me into like being being a barber, what even got me into going to barber school, you know better than anybody that I don't like being told I can't do something. Right. So <laughs> I was <laughs> I was told that I couldn't be successful at my job and be at school at the same time. And uh really originally it was it was gonna be one of those more so like prove you wrong moments, but mm-hmm. It was also one of them things where it was a wake up call because I was like, man, I could really do this and I can make a hundred thousand dollars doing this or more than that. And based off of my efforts, you right. know, so I was like, I'm already kind of good at it. And I said, man, I could just make the transition over and it's just going to be all on what I do. Right. And, and yeah, so like you said, that that modern thinking actually made me make that switch in my mind. Right, right. So, you know, I know you mentioned school, you know, um, I remember the day you was like, because I know you was, you was, at first you was like, I'm gonna go get my master's. And then um, the school here in North Carolina was like, well, you can't use the scholarship because you're not a resident. Yeah. And then you was like, well, you know, well, I still got benefits. And you was like, yo, I, I'm gonna use them. you like, no matter, yeah. no matter, <laughs> you was like, I'm gonna use them on something. Yeah. So, so like you said, you went. You was like, "Yo, I won't go to barber school." I was like, "Okay, you know, you was already cutting hair anyway." You know, while you were yeah. in college, so I was like, "Hey, go ahead, go for it." You know what I'm saying? Just see how it go. And yeah. um, so with so going to barber school and working in corporate America, what was that that moment? I know what the moment was for me, but I, I want the audience to hear that moment when you call, you picked up the phone. It's like this is. It, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. This is what I want to do. What was what was that moment like? Um, I mean, I feel like it was a few of them, but ultimately, first off, seeing the success of my my teacher Ron West when I was there, um, that was one thing because 
when you when you can actually like talk to somebody that's successful doing what you want to do or the, the thing that you got in your mind, uh, you start to realize like, okay, I like how how different is he like am I from him? You know what I'm saying? Like right. is it is it you know, is it a skill thing? Not quite. Is it a is it an age thing? Not quite. Did he get a head start that I don't have? Not like, and I don't really make excuses. So I was like, I'm seeing the success right here, and I'm seeing obviously the money too associated with it, but the freedom and just a bunch of different things where it's like, I I can really get real, you know, I can really go do my own thing. Mm-hmm. And another thing was I hated living in Ohio. I wouldn't like I like you know y'all always told us to to move around to get different experiences and by this point you know I have been around like I like I I went to college in South Carolina stayed in South Carolina for a little bit moved to Ohio the good thing is I have friends all over so you know I was going to like I said Cali uh, Florida Atlanta um, Georgia you know what I'm saying? DC, like we was going to DC, you know, as kids. So right. and also with me already maneuvering around, I knew what I'd like, I knew what I didn't like. Mm-hmm. And I knew I wanted to be back in the Carolinas ultimately. So I was like, well, at this point, um, this is gonna get me back here. Um, and I like I said, I could I could just get a clean slate and just start over and do exactly what I want to do. So that was kind of like, you know, uh, a breaking point for me. And just like, um, like I said, just seeing the overall success, like, and and the barber industry itself had changed so much from what it was back in the day compared to to now. Right. And I think that um, it's it's becoming more, it's definitely becoming more popular. Right. Some people that is just like, and some people that never even thought about getting their license was like, man, I'm going to get my barber's license. Right, right. But, you, you know, because they also see the success, they see the they see the lifestyle, they see all those things. And, uh, yeah, I mean, but but ultimately, though, those those are a couple of things. I mean, obviously, it's more, but that's, right. like, the primary things that, that kind of cool. was like, yeah, it's time, to, it's time to move on. Right, right, right. So, um, you know, um, so, you know, with, with barbering, you know, you completed school, you know, mm-hmm. you're still in corporate America, and then you're like, all right, I want to become a professional barber. You did your research, you, f- you figured out the location, but, you know, I remember your planning stages. Well, so tell the people a little bit how you planned this transition out as far as money, because you had you had a corporate car, you know. Look, look, yeah. look, we keep going back to the perks of corporate America because yeah. you had a vehicle that you had full time that was your car. You did what you want to with it. That was your corporate vehicle, yeah. and um, you know, just losing some of those perks, but then going to the unknown because you're going from having a paycheck every two weeks, having a salary, mm-hmm. and to basically going to the unknown. How did you prep for that? What did you do to 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 oh. those dip, to the for those difficult times that you 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 know you may face? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's crazy. I got my book bag right here. <laughs> All right, so please let me. 
I went real old school. Mm-hmm. I still, I still got this thing, right? Look, Dad, I, 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 this was not scripted at all. I just had my book bag right here. Okay. But look, this is what I did. I made me a list right here. Okay. I took, I got an old composition book. This is my, this is my little, this is my book from barber school. You see how I tore up it? Is? Right. <laughs> this ain't old, but this is what I did. I, I, I made me a list in an old school composition book, and uh, and I made sure as I got this list list together, I started. I was like, man, I need to start checking stuff off. So the first thing on my list was get my license. Right. Get my barber's license. That was the most important thing because I said I can't become a barber if I ain't got no license. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Um, I need to get, you know, source of income, which is going to be barbering. Uh, and I need to get a car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I need to move to South Carolina. And most importantly, I was like, I need to invest in me. So, um, so those are the things that I, I started to, uh, that's like, like half of the list, but Ultimately, my thing was, all right, what do I have right now that I need to replace? That's a necessity. So mm-hmm. I, I started looking at overall, obviously, my salary, which was what it was. So I, like I said, I started looking into ADP, finding out what exactly is my salary right now. They're like, and I'm talking about to the, to the sin, what is going towards what? Um, if they like, let's just say using round numbers, if somebody's paying you, $2,000 every two weeks. How much of that $2,000 is going to taxes? How much of it is going to health insurance? How much of it right. is going to retirement? Um, how much of it is going to that company card? Because people tend to think that, yes, it, it's significantly cheap to where you don't realize, it, but you're still paying for things. So, like, even the company card, it came out, I think it was like $130 or something like that a month for everything, though, know, like insurance, gas, right. personal knowledge, and all that stuff. But I said I'm still paying for it, right? Right, right, right. So I was like, all right, out of this two thousand, where is everything going? So once I realized where everything going, I came up with a number, and I was like, okay, right now I need to be able to cover these things. I need to be able to cover my salary. I need to be able to cover um, the whatever car I need, car insurance, retirement, and for me it was a whole life policy, um, and. Just everyday living expenses, so rent, um, food, mm-hmm. gas, all those things. I, I kind of got a number, and what I did was I, I just kind of became disciplined in the sense of, all right, I need to stack some money up. So when I was getting those bonuses, I was putting that money to the side. I wasn't spending my bonuses, and I was like, well, I'm going, I'm gonna get us to North Carolina. So, and I had a factor in the move as well because mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know. <clears throat> Excuse me. Moving from another, from state to state is not cheap, mm. and I had to bring I had to bring the lease because I was we I ain't gonna say I we were not doing another winter in Ohio, right? So, <laughs> so I think we moved here in like October. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, Kelly Kelly job transferred her, so she actually came like a month before me. So um, I ended up getting here in October, but uh, yeah. So I mean, I had to break the lease. Mm-hmm. Uh, factor that in. So I basically saved up a, a decent amount of money, and honestly, it wasn't even about that. It was really about like just betting on me in that sense because what right. I was going to do it whether I had the money or not. <laughs> like right, right, whether right, I had right, all right. the money, or not. <laughs> but the money like, helped. 
Look, yeah, look, like, look I, shout I, out to Kevin, because I know you and Kevin, I know you were saying you and Kevin kind of strategically kind of came up with a plan. Yeah, like he he helped me come up with that number, but whether yeah. I had that number or not, I was still going to do going, it. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it. It was really about like, it was really about like uh, the timeline. It was like, okay, I need to, I need to be here balls over. Right. Because strategically, I also was trying to like get here before the holidays hit. Right. I said, okay, if I can get to, if I can get in a barbershop before the holidays hit, that'll be my bread and butter into building my clientele because people are going to be in the barbershop the most during the holidays. Exactly. You know, so that, that was like, it was, it was all strategic and, but it was also like, yo, I can't, I can't flake out if I don't have this dollar amount. Right. And that's why I think, like, going into another subject, like, I think it's important to have personal credit because mm-hmm. I kind of, ideally, you know, most people, you know, they always harp on, you know, use your business, use your business credit, use your LLC, yada, yada, yada. And you got to build that stuff up. So for me, I was like, what I did build up was my personal credit. So I was gotcha. like, worst come to worst, I still have that in my back pocket. You mm-hmm. never abuse it, but you still got it. Right. So, like, that's one thing that I use before I build up business credit, which is that's going good now. But before I build that up, I also had an American Express where I kind of was disciplined enough to loan myself money for my business right. and then pay that back. Right. So and understanding the game of, OK, yeah, I can go to a bank and go borrow some money that they're going to charge me interest on. But I can also borrow this money for myself, figure out what to do with my balances, move them around how I need to give myself a loan at 0% interest if I needed to. I didn't have that dollar amount because to me, that was the same as having that dollar amount, but it was certain things that I said, I'd rather have that in order, but I'm still going to be on this specific timeline. I'm not going to flake out when the time comes. So that's what I did. Um, and, And I was strategic about strategic about it, but I wasn't strategic to the point where I overthought it either. Right. Because I feel like that's a lot. That's yeah. that's a, a lot of times why, like people before us are were scared to leave because they were overthinking it. Yeah, and, and a job can easily sell you into what they're giving you and not understand what you give what what you're giving yourself. Exactly. And and I started to understand what I was giving myself because I was like, I'm working. And I'm paying for these things at different rates, but I'm still paying for these things. Gotcha. So like, I had to understand like even with insurance. And and another another thing that people don't understand with corporate America is when you are paying for things, you're it's broken down into two paychecks. So like, even like, let's just say if you pay a hundred dollars in health insurance, a lot of times it's coming out fifty dollars and fifty dollars. You don't see that whole $100. So to you, you saying you only pay $50 for health insurance. Really, you're paying $100 for health insurance. It's just coming out mm-hmm. in different times. Whereas now, like, I may pay $200 because I'm on a plan by myself, which is fine, but I see that large lump sum and I see where my money is going. Right. So, and I also understood, too, at a certain age that sometimes benefits, like, they sell you and they over benefit you, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And to me, like, I mean, we and that, and that's me knowing me. I haven't had no major health issues. I haven't had no 
crazy like stuff like I eat I eat pretty good I work out regular so for me I didn't need the health insurance of a 60 year old you know what right. I'm saying like right, right, right. <laughs> I need something normal I need something good to where I can go to the doctor to go to the doctor visits if I need to um I can get my normal you know checkup annually or or, or you know two times a year whatever the case may be and mm-hmm. cover any major surgeries if I happen to have one Gotcha. Like that's that was the stuff that I needed. You know, I don't right. need I don't need a doctor visit every single week or every other week. Right, right, right. <laughs> stuff like yeah. that. So I started to understand that I was like, man, I'm I'm overpaying for all this stuff, even though it is a good benefit. It's like mm. I don't need all of it. Gotcha. You know, so and I just I really just was like, well, I can contr- take control over what I got going on mm-hmm. and and use that to my benefit. So you know, then, then I just made that transition. Yeah, that's what's up. Because, I, I, you know, I, I applaud you for that because, you know, sometimes people get a wild hair update, you know what, and then they yeah. like, well, I'm going to go do this, you know what I'm saying, but don't have a strategic plan of how they're going to do it or complete yeah. the mission, you oh, know. And, uh, yeah, especially that. But, um, <clears throat> so, you know, once you once you got into <laughs> to Charlotte, I know you did a lot of research um, as far as finding a shop and you know doing you know things like that. So once you got settled, once you got to the shop, how how did how did you feel that first time when you like you know what I ain't getting no paycheck this week? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? How did yeah. how did that make how did that make you feel internally? You know what I'm saying? Well. Yeah, I ain't got this money coming. You know, you 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 know, I don't know what day you got paid, but you're like, you know what? Dang, ain't ain't get paid this week. You know what I'm saying? But you, I mean, you sit in the barber chair, but you like, yeah. I ain't getting a pay, I ain't getting a direct deposit. So, yeah. how did that feel like those first, you know, that first month or so, when it's basically you, you is you against yourself? Oh, hey, kiddo, how was the hell? Educational. Oh, learn a new trick. Yeah. The trick to a happy, fulfilling life, maybe. I learned that mountain air unleashes my inner peace. And rip and pow while the whole crew's all, you induces spontaneous joy. Okay, uh, that's nice. The Icon Pass lets you do you at 50 destinations worldwide from 249 Adult. Drop in for next winter now and save at IconPass.com. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. Trying to make sure you maintain and, and continue to to build your uh, your business. Yeah. Um... That first, I ain't gonna lie, that first, I, I guess it would be like the 30th or the 15th or whatever it would have been. I was like, hey, y'all, y'all really ain't gonna pay me. <laughs> now, but, uh, I mean, it was like, it was kind of nerve wracking at first, but at the same time, it wasn't, it was, as crazy as it sounds, it was kind of exciting because I was like, all right, 
I know I'm not getting this money. So now where is this money going to come from? Right. And I knew I had to, I had to go out and get it. Right. So that's what like, and I made up in my mind, like, yo, um, like this, this money is not coming. No matter how much you, you wanted to, no matter how much you, you think like, oh, they, they made an accounting error and they accidentally paid me one, one extra <laughs> Paycheck, it ain't happening. So right, right, right. I I realized that, and um, like I said, I just gotta go get it. So then that also, I feel like when you are in, when you're in that type of stress, most people, um, I'm not gonna say most people, but a lot of people get their most creative when they're under that type of stress. Mm-hmm. So, and we saw it now, like even when, even when COVID first happened, a lot of people got creative because things happened in, in their life where it changed stuff. And right. even, even like with us, you know, we had a child during that time and mm-hmm. I started out cutting hair seven days a week. When she was born, that got cut to right. uh, half of that. You know, right. so now I I had to reel it back in and be like, all right, that same seven days ain't coming in. What do I got to do now to to replace that income? Mm-hmm. You know, so um, that's that's the kind of mindset I had. I said, man, is that like I said, I just kept telling myself, over oh, that paycheck ain't coming. So right. So how you how you gonna answer to the decisions that you made in the sense of you you quit the job? Nobody told you to quit. You were doing mm-hmm. good. So now it's just a, a matter of transitioning your energy and your efforts into something else. Right. So that's what I did. And then, I mean, like for me, I like corporate did teach me stuff. Like it taught me how to deal with certain people. It taught me how to have conversations with certain people, um, how to manage my business. Mm-hmm. And honestly, one thing that happens with, with corporate too is every certain things you want to do ain't always in the budget. So I had to realize that now it's time to be creative. I ain't got the budget. So mm-hmm. what can I do with what I have right now? Right. And this and, and this a phone we got is the most powerful thing, you know, ever right now. Right. So, <laughs> so strategically, I'm like, yo, I got me a phone. Let's start posting pictures. It ain't always got to be in my work. It can right. be in my chair. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And, you know, me posting pictures of my clippers and things like that, like, and, and enticing people that if they need a haircut, they, they can come see me because my chair is open right now. Gotcha. So, I, so once I started to get under that kind of stress, it's like, man, look, either you're going to go back to a job or are you going to figure it out? So I was like, man, I'm just going to figure it out. Right. Because I ain't going yeah, back out of the decision. Look, because I know, man, it was like, every time I called, you was in a shop. And like you said, you was persistent, yeah. inconsistent. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like some people, some people be persistent, but don't be consistent in doing the work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like they'll, they'll talk about it. Oh, they stay on it mentally, but they yeah. don't do it physically. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like some people, some people try to tie the two together, but in essence, it's two different things because the consistency, you know what I'm saying? You got to beat it. The persistence, yeah. yeah, you, yeah, you got a strategic plan. But you get they both got to work hand in hand, and I I've, I saw that with you because you like well, I'm in the shop, I'm in the shop, I'm in the shop, and I'm like he there he there from sun look sun up to sun down, 
Yeah, like in the shop. But then let's let's talk about how did that help you build to where you are there. Um, I got comfortable with being there because I knew I needed to be there first and foremost. Um, secondly, people knew me for being there. So once that like that that happened, mm -hmm. um. It's like people, even even if they even if they weren't coming to get a haircut from me, people notice that. And actually, I got certain clients now that they like. I remember this dude, uh, Randall. Like Randall was like, man, and he was going he was going to get his haircut by somebody else. But you know, the owner that I was working with, you know, he he was he's a busy dude. You know, he on he's cutting on movie sets, he's cutting celebrities, athletes, and he was actually going to him at the time. But Randall always was like, yo, every time I come in here, you in here. It don't matter what time of day this dude cutting me, you in here. It don't matter if you're cutting or not. You what you you looking for opportunities and you waiting on opportunities and you're not missing them. So people people, even though they're not coming to me, they also watching that. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy because this dude that he actually he actually was there. Two times he was there on the time that I came to visit, and because I came down to from Ohio, I think in September. Um, he he came, he so he was there that day when I was like, I was on some like I ain't got my license yet, I ain't done none of this stuff yet, but I'm ready to cut. So when I get myself together, can I come here? He was there on that day, and then he was there secondly when I got there, mm -hmm. and he even noticed he was like, Yo, you are about to do something big because. He was like, man, every time I see you, you just ready to move forward with some work. He was right. like, and, and then he just so happened to see me the other day. He he came to get a haircut in the suite by the other barber. And he was mm -hmm. like, man, I just asked about you. He was like, and I heard you doing your own thing. He's like, man, that's just crazy because he said, I always saw you there and right. you were just ready to work. Mm -hmm. And um, And then like, you know, opportunities came as far as like, you know, before COVID, I was I was cutting AI. Right. That was like, you know, like different stuff like that started to happen to where, yo, it's because I'm being I'm I'm present. You know. What and look, and that I, night you like that night you could have been out partying because I look I was yeah. in Charlotte that night. That was see I yeah. on the weekend. <laughs> exactly. You could have been like, yo, you know what? I'm good. I'm leaving. But exactly. then you got Alan Iverson coming to your shop. Looking for a exactly. cut before he go out of party. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you see, and I and I always thought the opposite of what everybody was gonna do. I knew everybody gonna go out and see on double A weekend. When I know everybody gonna go out, I'm like, yo, I'm not because I'm gonna get I'm gonna get what they they can't do because they're not even here. Right. Like I always tell people, it don't matter how good you cut if, if it's at the house. You know what I'm saying? Like right. a, a dope fade ain't gonna do nothing when it's sitting on the couch. Right. So <laughs> So ultimately, I was like, man, I'm gonna be present and I'm gonna be there when, you know, the times other people not like yeah. back in the day. And, and like, I want people to like, especially <clears throat> when they look at working for themselves to like realize that you create the rules. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. you, no matter how many, and I and I'm really still now grasping all of that, like. Right because it's hard to switch from that corporate mindset sometimes because sometimes you think you got to present yourself a certain way because 
you may run into somebody that can fire you, but can't nobody fire you in your own business. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and, um, you can't get canceled in your own business. You know, obviously right. you want to run things professionally, but you play by your own rules. And right. I started to like grasp part of that concept then, but I'm really, really grasping it now. But when I when I first grasped it, it was more so like, all right, well, I could do the opposite of what everybody else is doing. Like mm-hmm. old school Marvels was, was taking off on Sundays and Mondays. I was like, yo, I, I ain't got nothing to do on Sunday and Monday. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be open on Sunday and Monday. And I'll mm-hmm. be the only person in the barbershop by myself on um or me and the owner be there on Monday. So mm-hmm. I was like, yo, I can open on the days where every single every single barber is at home chilling. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not gonna be chilling. Right. So I'll be I'll be in the shop. So I capitalize on that because I always realized too, people either getting ready for the work week or the weekend. Is and it? I was like, you, you not like, most of the time people don't particularly want to come on on Tuesday and Wednesday because <laughs> they already got their week started or right. that's right before the weekend. Right before the weekend. So I started <laughs> to understand that stuff and I'm like, yo, I, I, and I thought about it as a logical person. Like, yo, I don't, I don't get my haircut on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And right. like, you know, for me, I started to realize, like, even I started taking Wednesdays off because Wednesdays was never busy for me. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, that's, that's like, I play by my own rules. Wednesday is just a reset day for me, you know? Right. So I was like, I'll go Monday, Tuesday, take off Wednesday, and run it through the weekend. Mm-hmm. So for me, that worked. And then, like I said, I, I just, I played off of what do I want to do? Uh, what, like, how do people think? Mm-hmm. And I just schedule my business around that. Right. So, yeah. with, with, so let, let, let's look at the timeline to give people a timeline of how you transition. So you graduated college, what, 2015? Yeah, 2015. And then you went, got so your I first did. job. So, <clears throat> I graduated in May of 2015. Mm-hmm. Got that first job. I started working the next week after graduation. Right. Stayed there until like I think it was it was basically about the end of the year. Mm-hmm. I know I got it. I know I got uh, uh, the offer for my next job in like December. Right. So I probably started the next job in February 2016. So I think I did training from February, February, March, April, I believe, mm-hmm. something like that. So then uh, I worked that job from 16, hopped in barber school in 2017, finished barber school from 17 to 18, <clears throat> then October of 18, moved to North Carolina full-time. Then, uh, you know, I became a barber full-time. Um, and then by, shoot, then I mean, I did all, all that for two years in that shop mm-hmm. and then had my own spot by what 2020 2020 <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah that's yo <laughs> that's a crazy timeline because like i said i didn't realize cause i was sitting here thinking i was like they didn't take that long for that transition to happen <laughs> i mean it, it did it didn't seem long it didn't but seem- it was like yeah, because it, uh, it was like boom, 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 you know. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's that's, yeah, that's crazy timeline. So yeah. 
well, in, in the essence of things, like like you said, it goes back to money. Mm. We, we look, I know you said that's the reason you left. So money wise, uh, how how is it going now as far as your salary to corporate America and your salary for yourself? Mm-hmm. So for me, I could easily match the corporate salary. Gotcha. My my issue was always getting. Uh, I'm not gonna say the issue, but my goal was to always get past that, and mm-hmm. which I did. Uh, right before you know, right before Layla came, that's when like uh, like even last year, which I gotta I gotta finish following my uh my taxes. I ain't gonna lie, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I like broke that hundred k mark again, right? Mm-hmm. And that's just all cutting here. That ain't no products. That ain't. Right. Uh, t-shirts or you know other things that I was doing along those lines but like that's just off cutting hair so like I'd already beat the corporate salary Mm -hmm. so like even now I mean honestly like to be transparent I took a step back from cutting as much because now I'm like okay how can I get to that how can I make like $50,000 off cutting but another 50 off of like just passive something you know what i'm saying so that's now you know transitioning me into doing other things and kind of like playing around with it and being strategic into like okay well i didn't do it one time i could do it i could do it again somewhere else you know and really try to like really try to beat that goal like really ideally i'm like man i want to be able to 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 double you know the 100k and Uh, however I can do it, but within my industry. Gotcha. Because one thing that I did learn that, you know, like as an entrepreneur, you you learn a lot about yourself. You learn a lot about business and a lot of the, a lot of losses, losses are really lessons. Right. And, you know, COVID taught us that a lot too, because then we realized, yeah, I can make a hundred thousand when I'm in the shop, but what if I'm not in the shop? Yeah. So, <laughs> right now, like that, that start getting your brain moving because you're like, yo, all right, maybe I need to take a step back from being shop, 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 shop because the moment it's not there, then what? Yeah, then what? You know what <laughs> I'm saying? What? Because yeah, I, I was, I was like, I was obsessed with it. I was, you know, consumed by it, which was a good thing because I knew that was my gift and that was my 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 calling but at the same time i was like yo you gotta be this this is a lesson now for you to be like all right if you ain't in the shop you still need to be able to make a hundred thousand whether you or not because i'm like you don't know you can get to a car accident you can you know you can be working out and slam it slam your your cutting hand you know you yeah you never know what can happen so now for me it's like all right let's be strategic in another way but that that was a, that the hundred k mark was always my goal though because I was right. like, well, if I can hit that goal, um, I'm beating what I was doing at corporate. Mm-hmm. I did it on my own my own terms, my own you know my own uh, my own efforts, right. and it's more rewarding to me. Right. And look, because when, when you're doing <laughs> that, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but but like you said, at the end of the day, you know. You close when you closing the deal, you seeing all that they close that deal. You you seeing the the all the capital from that deal being closed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you know, I know some things you was working on. You like, 
well, I'm trying to close this deal, close this deal, or even with a client, you know what I'm saying? You get a client, you know, I know some of your clients tip you very well. You yeah, know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know you, I know you, I know you, you got your first $200 haircut or $100 haircut. You, was, you know, you yeah. was like, yo, dad, you know, I just, and I'm like, yo, that's, that's awesome. But, um, yeah, yeah so, um, we about to wrap it up here, man, um, in a few. So, once you encourage somebody, you know what I'm saying, that's on that fence, you know, of, of leaving corporate America and, and transitioning to their own thing, what 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 would you, words would you tell that person? Um, ultimately, if you if you feel like it's your calling and and a God telling you to go in that direction, which I something I left out, you know, earlier. Um I remember I was like literally I had I just hit one of my goals which was getting me a car. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't planning on quitting my job for probably like another month. Mm-hmm. And when I uh when I got that car, I was just driving down the highway and something in my mind was just like, go ahead and put your two weeks notice in. And I did really I was like close to the number that I wanted, but I really wasn't there yet. And I was mm-hmm. like, well. I'm relatively close. And then I really stopped thinking about all that because all that stuff didn't matter because I was like, I just gotta go get it anyway. So and I gotta get started. And uh and I mean, I mean, that may have been God, that may have been, I, I don't know what it was, but it like it was like something dollar number for me. It was like, yo, call your manager now and put in your two weeks notice, which is what I did, right? Right. And and ultimately it was satisfaction in that. And it was happiness, even though I was going into the unknown. But I definitely encourage people if they feel like that, if they feel like it's their calling, if they feel like it's their time, if God telling you it's your time, then just go ahead and do it. Because ultimately, I feel like a lot of people, like I said, they're sold a dream that um, they're sold a dream that they can't make it on their own. You need a company to to make it, which you don't. And not realizing that you are your own company, um, it ain't it ain't always gonna be easy. Uh, it, it ain't like even though I had that success, I'm not saying I ain't having no bump in the road. I ain't, you know, like I ain't saying I had to. I I didn't have to rewrite my business. I had to do that several times. Right. And but when you're under pressure, you find ways to be strategic. You find ways to be creative, and you find new lanes to get in within your industry. And Ultimately, that's another thing that like was the most valuable lesson that I well, I ain't gonna say the most, but one of the most valuable lessons that I was taught was I was I was asking my my mentor, I was like, man, is it important to to try everything or is it important to stay in your lane? And he was like, It's important to do both. And I was like, What you mean? So when when he told me, he was like, You need to try as much as possible because you ain't never gonna know your lane if you ain't never tried it. Gotcha. And and that was super that that resonated with me because I feel like so many people don't even know they lane because they scared to even try something, they scared right. to fail, right. they scared to they scared that they're gonna look like they're a, a failure, failure to their friends, you know, yeah. or family. And they scared of somebody saying, like, I told you so. And me, I wasn't scared to like to fail at all. I wasn't scared to to look like I ain't got the most money. Like, I know what I'm working towards. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? And and 
everybody else, uh, you know, they they were working towards something else. And and I also I wouldn't force entrepreneurship on anybody because right. you know you know whether you're supposed to be working for yourself or not. Exactly. Because if you don't know, then you shouldn't be doing it ultimately. Because <laughs> that's, that's yeah. what's gonna keep you up, you know, and obsessed at night. I remember the time when Kelly was like, "Bro, can you please just come to bed because you don't watch the video, you don't watch the barber videos all night, or you know, you don't even let yourself rest." And I'm right. like, "Because I know, I know what I know what I, I know what I want to put out in real life. It's just in my right. head right now. So I'm trying to figure out the best way to put it out in the real world. Gotcha. And like I said, like if you if you don't know." Then you probably shouldn't. But if you if you have in the back of your mind, like, man, I should be doing this, but I'm scared to leave a company. Um, you just need to set those goals and like and just start checking stuff off. Like, and like I said, I, I made me like a, a I think like a list of 10 things that were like very to the point, but at the same time, they were kind of broad. It was like mm-hmm. get a car, but what type of car? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like right, right, right. I need to keep my payments reasonable. I need to have my insurance reasonable. Mm-hmm. Like you know, everybody wanna want a Hellcat, but you but you also gonna have a six hundred dollar payment and uh high insurance. Whatever your insurance <laughs> you got because you got this big engine and it's a it's a sports car, you know. Yeah, so yeah. I had to back away from things that like maybe I wanted, but right um I can't do right now because I'm working towards something a little bit a little bit greater. And even now, like I sold my last car because I said it was an opportunity there right. and I made some money off of it. And now I said I'm putting that money towards something else involving my business. I don't care. I don't care if somebody see me in an 05 car versus uh 17 or 2020. I don't care what you see me in no more because right. that was a mindset shift as to yo, I can put that extra money towards something yeah. else that I'm trying to expand on now. Which exactly. now, like like I just told you, I just brought some barber chairs just today. Mm-hmm. Like that was like that was, that was really like my car payment a little right. bit above. So right. now I'm like, yo, I got these barber chairs. Now I can expand on what I got in my mind. Mm-hmm. But you gotta you gotta start there into like I said, set them goals. Start trying to hit the goals and work your way into what you what you're doing. And don't be scared to fail ultimately. Like I was prepared to do whatever to make my dream work. As far as like, look, we I, I didn't I didn't. Bounced, bounced at a club with you one night. Right. <laughs> I, so I was like, yo, if I got to do that in Charlotte for a couple weekends, that's cool. Right. You got Uber, you got Uber, you got Uber Eats, you got DoorDash. Yeah. Like, certain things that you could do at night when when your business is closed, if you need the extra money, you can go make the extra money. Right. But, and I wasn't afraid for somebody to see me bouncing at a club or DoorDash, you know, if I had to do valet or something like that, like, I was prepared to do whatever. Like, right. <laughs> I didn't I didn't have to, but I was prepared to do whatever. Prepared to do it. So uh yeah, I, I mean I think that uh those are the, you know, just key things, man, and just like one, once it's time to step out, just just do it right. and don't think that paycheck coming. Don't think that paycheck coming, yeah. So yeah. Um, you know, uh, and that's the thing, man. You know, I always tell y'all like, you know, try it. You know what I'm saying? I was like, yeah. I said, regardless what somebody say on the backside, they could talk, but if they never tried it, they can't say ish to me. 
You know what I'm saying? Because they ain't never tried. They ain't never step outside the comfort zone. So if you try something and fail, or you try something and regroup, because you know it's never a failure because you try. You know what I'm saying? Man, this this dude posted something this morning, and I, I was like, <laughs> off. This was a this was bars. He said, "Stop taking constructive criticism from somebody that ain't never constructed something." Yep. And I said. <laughs> That makes so much sense because people take so much, uh, so many yeah. ideas, and criticism from people that ain't never done what they're no, trying no, to, no. or even got close to it. And you taking, like, that's like somebody trying to teach you how to build an engine, right. and they never been never able to. Touch it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it, you you yeah, can't yeah. tell me that you, you ain't never done it before. You ain't never done and it. You know. Ultimately, like, it's better to try and fail. Then yep. to live your whole life wondering, wondering what if, wondering what if, what if, yeah, what if this would happen? Because your business, your your business not not gonna be created every day, but corporate America gonna be there every day, which exactly. a lot of people don't think about, mm-hmm. and it, it's gonna be here far after we gone because it's always gonna be a group of people that want to work in a structured environment under somebody mm-hmm. under one name that don't wanna they wanna work from nine to five and have benefits and live a normal life, which is nothing wrong with that. So nope. it's, it's, but it's not for everybody. So nah. people got to understand that like, yo, just go try it. And if it, if it ends up not working out, that thing is always there. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Even your business, it can be put on your resume. You know, if you end up going back, whatever case may be. Right. And ultimately like for me, it you got, you got to try it though, at least. Because yeah. you you live your whole life wondering, it's like man. Then then you get to you get to sixty seven years old. Then all of a sudden you like, yeah, I want to be a barber now. Like, <laughs> your body can't stand. Yeah. And and the worst is when you get to that age, and then you become successful with it. Right. You like, yo, I could have did this fifty years ago. Fifty years ago. <laughs> so that's yeah. that's like the different things that I'm like, yo, I I rather know now that. It's going to work or not work. Mm-hmm. Then wait until I'm 60 or 70. And I'm like, man, I didn't try it now. <laughs> now I'm just doing it because I'm retired now and it's working. And now I got I to gotta sit with all those years really on me. You know what I'm saying? As far as yeah. like, yo, I never took advantage of the opportunity that I had 40, 50 years ago. So, right. so yeah, that's, that's, that's my advice to anybody that's thinking about doing it. Gotcha. Yeah, man. Like, like I appreciate you, you know, taking time out your schedule today. And uh, you know, this is this is the part when I got another fellow coming up, people, you know, because I think it, it, you know, uh, some people call it the great reset, you know what I'm saying? Because a lot of a lot of people are leaving corporate America, they're leaving structured in- industries to go, you know, venture out and do their own thing because like you said, it's like you get to the point you like, like you said, you see the money, you know, people seeing the money that and the effort that you put into for someone else and they don't compensate you for, you know, they don't appreciate you. And so, um, yeah, so I'm going to have a part two to this. And uh, like I said, Tyrese, hey. appreciate you coming out, man. And dropping well, these well, one, one last thing though. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Even with the money, I don't want people to get caught up so much, especially this day and age with chasing the bag, because 
chasing that bag can lead you in the wrong places. Right. Like that's that has happened to me. That has happened to a lot of people before me and after me. Like find what you love and and monetize it. Mm-hmm. But the, the key to it is finding what you love. Because a lot of times people are thinking they just love the money and that money ain't going to keep you up. And, you know, when times is, is hard, the money's not going to make you as strategic when things are tight because you don't love it, you know, when you just chasing the money. Right. Like, so, and, and that that bag can lead you in the wrong places. So right. let, that's all I got to say, too, because I'm like, <laughs> a lot of people look at that, look at that money and, and, they they compromise them, you know. They compromise their yeah. morals, respect for themselves, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. and all because of money. And yeah. so, even if it is within your 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 business, like you can't chase the bag so much to where you, you compromise your morals and 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 who you are as a person. So, I do want to put that out there because we we did talk a lot about money. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah, I appreciate that, Jim, right there. Yeah. Well, all right, folks. You know, this your boy, The Real Charlemagne. Don't forget to follow me on all platforms. Spotify, YouTube, iHeart, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon. Hey, I'm everywhere. Like, you see you see this? I'm everywhere. So um, <laughs> until next time, peeps, hey, tune in a couple of weeks. I got another part two to this. And uh, be safe out there. Peace. Oh, learn a new trick? Yeah, the trick to a happy, fulfilling life, maybe. I learned that mountain air unleashes my inner peace. And rip and pow, well, the whole crew's all, you induces spontaneous joy. Okay, uh, that's nice. The Icon Pass lets you do you at 50 destinations worldwide from 249 Adult. Drop in for next winter now and save at IconPass.com. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. 
Please follow us on Facebook and subscribe via iTunes. Audio Hub Preview. It is the Riot Podcast. Good day. Welcome to the Wednesday, April 20. Oh, happy 420. Oh, yay. Yeah. That's just rock on. (laughs) (laughs) I was going past a a place yesterday and they had a big sign out (laughs) and they were like, oh, yeah, they're celebrating 420. And it just didn't fit the vibe of the place. So I was Mm. like, all right, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Wendy's is getting a little out of hand. (laughs) It wasn't Wendy's. Wendy's. Not officially. (laughs) Well, thank you, Isaiah, for filling in for the podcast yesterday. Yeah. It was great. <laughs> we had great reviews. Well, we're happy to have a new podcast, a new show for you today. Yeah, today we talked a little bit about uh, Netflix, how they're, for, for what everybody's been doing recently, which is obviously password sharing, as, uh-huh. as you would on almost anything that you could possibly save money on, they're losing some people on it, you know, when they when they start to crack down on that, obviously they're going to lose some subscribers that way. See, it's yeah. weird because they've only cracked down in a few countries and it's not like the United States, so... Mm-hmm. I think they should just be alarmed or concerned because if they do start cracking down, they will lose, I think, the person who is actually sharing all the passwords in the first place. Yeah. But um, I think this will just be the excuse for anything that Netflix does that maybe doesn't work. Uh It's just the thing. They're just going to blame it on password sharing, even if it doesn't make sense. Anything anything where they're not making as much money as they think. It's just Mm -hmm. because, uh, well, there's so many people mooching that we uh, can't make the money we think we should. Maybe... I just can't get over the fact that they just make so much stuff and they put out this giant budget of content they're putting out every month and how much, I mean, that's that's your problem with your business model, Netflix, come on. Well, they're trying to get everybody to have something, mm-hmm. but what they don't realize is for so much content they buy or make, mm-hmm. how much of it do we actually see? Right. And that's a lot of money to waste on that stuff. Yeah, they, and uh, so what Except concerns for me, though, things, so. yeah, what, <laughs> yeah. Con- what concerns me is, the, uh, is that once they start, once Netflix actually st- starts doing, uh, cutting down on password sharing, which they are going to, they've really kind of made it clear uh, in this recent thing they were talking about. Uh, it's just going to open the door for everybody else to do it too. Yeah. So all of a sudden, my family's routine of sharing all our passwords and each having one person pay for one thing. It's all going to come crashing down. Yeah, it's only a matter of time. The golden days are gone. Yep. Isaiah, do you still have your free Netflix from the TV that you bought that was already logged in? Yes, I do. I'm okay, still logged in the dad's account. In, so. Enjoy that. <laughs> Enjoy that while you can. I know. You're, you want to tell Netflix. You're like, that's not the same. Yeah, it's way different, okay? It's not the same that's thing. That's not yeah. password sharing. Yeah, so that, that that's one of those things, too. Like, I don't. I just don't understand what's going to happen, you know? Am I going to get kicked off of that? Is that what's going to happen? I think eventually. How is that going to work, though? Are they just going to make me re-log in? If so, probably, I'm not going to. I would think the TV, if you update the TV ever, you mm-hmm. might then have to re-log into your app. It probably updates automatically. So I would maybe turn that off. Yeah, the update on there, that's um, probably, probably a good call. Because if I lose that Netflix, I'm not going to be able to, to watch Netflix because I'm not going to pay for it. No. I would no. never consider paying for it. No. Well, then that means Netflix lost uh, 200000 and one. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I'm with it. 
you lost a, a valued customer. Yeah, at least you're losing some eyeballs. If yeah, exactly. Else. You're like valued customer. Like, yeah, I never paid, but yeah. I was valuable. I was extremely valuable to you guys. Uh, we also talked about uh, our pets a little bit and the owner of the world's oldest dog, all the secrets to this chihuahua's long, long life. And uh, and if you want to actually make sure your dog lives that long as well, there apparently there's some debate about whether we w- would want to have the world's <laughs> oldest dog. I know. I feel like you it's have a tough to. Call. If you want to, you got to feed them uh, food that you make on your own. Yeah. I think it's whatever pet food Chicken everybody livers. gets is pretty much what keeps our dogs from living yeah. a lot oh, longer. Oh, it has to be. Well, a lot longer for us too, because uh, we just put more things in our body we probably should not. <laughs> we did a food fight with the. Flaming Hot Mountain Dew flavor. So when you're done with the podcast, head over. You'll hear it in the podcast. But head over to Radio U Riot on our Facebook page and our YouTube channel. You can watch and, of course, subscribe while you're there. Yes. And, uh, well, uh, we enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. We did. Is there anything else that needs to be said? I think that's it. I think All that's right. all we got. I mean, nothing time, here. Guys. Just let's, another... yeah. let's go make our snacks. All right. Well, <laughs> we'll catch you in the break room. Bye. See you guys. You almost missed hearing this one. We just couldn't let that happen. The worst of the riot. Radio U. The big news from Netflix yesterday is that they have lost subscribers. Their numbers of subscribers have gone down for the first time in over a decade. Now, is it first time for sure? Like first time they said anything about it? Uh, the <laughs> I first. I sure. mean, it was their uh, so their earnings. Thing. Yeah, their earnings call or whatever. So, I mean, this is the first time, and they, you know, you have to be, uh, you're supposed to be honest about this stuff because of the SEC and stuff like that. So, uh, they admitted to their, I guess you would say, what their shareholders, yeah, that they have lost subscribers uh, in the first quarter of 2022. They lost about two hundred thousand paid subscribers, or their you know their numbers went down, and uh, it doesn't sound like it's going to get better from there in the near term. Where they estimate that coming up here in Q two should be the next what four months, yeah, uh, or three months that they will lose about 2 million in total. Their numbers will go down. Well, now that is more worrisome because when I saw this yesterday, I was like, well, 200,000, like, is that bad? That's, I mean, I know they don't want to ever lose right. subscribers, paid subscribers. Uh, but and as long as there's more people being born, there's more people that can subscribe to Netflix. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> they have such a large baby uh, membership. <laughs> of course. All the cocoa melon on there, that's come on. That's right. I mean, that's a big money maker uh-huh, for them. Uh-huh. So, uh, so that, so, uh, of course, they're ex- explaining why they think some of that might be. Of course, uh, somehow, even in 2022, they're chalking it up to COVID. Uh, they make it sound to me like they're saying numbers unexpectedly went up more than you would think when uh, COVID was first a thing. So now they're bouncing and so now out. That's, yeah, it's kind of bounced out and slowed out their growth. But also, the other thing that's not a surprise for anybody to guess, uh, they are blaming it on password sharing. See, I didn't know how to break that down, though, because if they were they were never paid subscribers anyways. Mm-hmm. So unless the person who was a subscriber felt threatened because they do share their password a lot yeah. and then just canceled their ca- account totally. Mm-hmm. But it's not like you're blaming it on those that take a password from someone because yeah. they're well, not paid. I guess I would put it as they're saying they can't get their subscriptions to go up anymore. Mm-hmm. They can't cancel out the people that of course are going to cancel because that's just going to happen. People are going to cancel. People are going to let their subscriptions lapse because they change the card, whatever. Uh, so 
they're saying that they can't get their numbers back up with password sharing. Uh, that they can't. That that's just a big market that they're missing out on is all the people that are using passwords from a different household than somebody else who's actually paying. So they want to so go that after that. That is the money. news. That is the big headline. Is they're losing subscribers, and that's going to probably push them. They're talking like even their CEO Reed Hastings mentioned uh, trying to take some tactics like they've already started taking uh, in a few other countries to limit password sharing and make all of us pay our own way. Oh, I love a panic Netflix. That yeah. means good things for those of us that have been there since the beginning. You think? <laughs> no, I'm not. No, yeah, of course <laughs> not. We're the ones that'll lose out the worst. Yeah, because they're still going to raise prices on you. They will. And they talked yesterday a bit about a perhaps moving to a version where there's a cheaper Netflix option that does have, it's ad supported. Mm-hmm. I so love that would be a first. They keep exploring all these options, except... Stop making so much dang crap. <laughs> that is the number one answer right there. I mean, I'll, I'll say that as a as somebody who does share a network uh, Netflix password uh, that, uh, you know, like I, if they decide that uh, they're cutting down on password sharing, I can't really complain. Uh, I've had it too good for too long. Uh, but uh, at the same time, every other every other place seems to be fine with it uh, at the moment. Anyways, of course, once Netflix starts cracking down, every other place will as well. But it's it's just a thing of like you're making so many shows and every year you see their budget come out of like they're spending this much on content. It's like, yeah, but that's way too much. We've done you a favor by selecting the best of the worst and compiling it all in one place. Riot Podcast Radio U. Uh, Nikki, Isaiah, have you seen uh, the world's oldest dog? I saw that trending yesterday, but I didn't know what it was for. Uh, it's for Did the world's oldest no, 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 of course not. Sheesh. There's a new world, I guess, maybe. They do say there's. it's the world's oldest dog. Does that mean that the previous, is it in the news because the previous one died? I don't know. Well, if you see that trending, that's the first thing you assume yeah. that something happened to it. Well, the current alive world's oldest dog is a chihuahua named Toby Keith. Aww. What's your favorite Toby Keith song? I don't know any. Red Solo Cup. <laughs> Should have been a cowboy. Isn't he? Is How do you like guy? me now? Yeah, he's yeah. a country guy. If you yeah. couldn't tell. <laughs> Love Toby Keith. Should have been a cowboy. Felt like a dead giveaway, but I'm not sure. <laughs> he actually sings R&B. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> uh, so, so I'm sure that's where the, the chihuahua got his name. Toby Keith, the chihuahua. 21 years old. Oh, that is old. Yeah. When I saw this story, can I? Can 21? I t- 21. Holy moly. It, it took a sad note with me because I saw this and I was like, oh, my dog. That means I've got like 15 years at most. <laughs> if, if she makes it to be like the oldest dog in the world. Well, most dogs I've do got not. got 15 years. Cats, yes, but most dogs do not make it that no, old. No, that's, that's, uh, and that, so that was a little, a little bummer. But uh, uh, normally a chihuahua would live about 12 to 18 years, but now Toby Keith. Toby Keith is 21. Holding and on. so uh, his owner, of course, making the rounds. Uh, now that now that Toby Keith has been certified as the world's oldest dog, she's sharing the secrets to the dog's long life. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if they're really that secretive. Uh, it's always like whiskey and bacon. That's what yeah, it is. That's what for, I was thinking. Yeah, for the well, he's person, 21 right? now, so. <laughs> Dr. Pepper and yes. uh, oatmeal or something. It's never actually healthy stuff when you hear humans talk about what has you know helped them live so uh-huh. long. Yeah. Yeah. Like they've had a shot a day. Uh-huh, and a lot of cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the one that's always a shocker. Well, uh, for Toby Keith, it was, uh, where did it go? Uh, basically, regular exercise, healthy genetics, 
Uh, a diet of vegetables, rice, and chicken. That sounds good. And a loving home. So apparently, Toby Keith, not the artist, in case you're just tuning in, but the the dog <laughs> yeah, that's the oldest dog. That would be confusing. Has a heart condition, uh, but it seems like it's nothing that's too too much that he can't overcome. If you, uh, you look down, you can see some pictures, of course, of Toby Keith looking oh, just that's absolute, an ugly dog. absolutely miserable. Aww. I think Toby Keith wishes he was dead. I, I, yeah, I love all dogs and stuff, but the Chihuahua has always been the curious mix of, of why have one. <laughs> oh, that big question of the good old why. <laughs> it just feels well, because like, of their long life, of course. Well, yeah, They'll be your companion for years. I just feel like they're, they're a harder dog to have, and I have a hard dog to have, so I, I understand. Man, it is just, it's a tough transition. You see this picture... Of uh, Toby Keith clearly as like a young dog, mm-hmm. and it looks just fine. And oh, then, now he's really old. And then you looking. see the old Toby Keith, the squints of the eyes, yeah, yeah. wearing uh, some like I don't know if that's for Mardi Gras or Easter some or what sort of dress. Kind of, yeah, the uh, it's a lacy pom pom thing, and I think Toby Keith. He's seen enough. Yeah, why are they why are they dressing him up as like a girl? Is he's obviously a boy if his name's Toby, Toby Keith. Toby Keith, yeah. He's I gotta be a he's gotta be a boy. That's kinda like a clown outfit or something. Oh, is that what that is? <laughs> that's oh, purely for That's much better. He's not yeah. a girl, he's a clown. He's a clown. <laughs> that's just for social media. You can yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think if Jim, my dog, lived to twenty one years old, that would approximately put me at like forty four. Yeah. I think I don't know if I if he lived to twenty one, I might not live to forty four. Yeah, that that's how would age you a lot, wouldn't yeah. it? <laughs> you just look at it and you're like, are we are we still good? Are we still we, doing this thing, dude? Are we still dead? living? Are we still hanging around here? Anytime you just want to keel over, <laughs> oh, go for it. Sheesh. Toby Keith, I'm sure you're a great dog. But if Jim was 21 years old, I can't even imagine. It just has to be the opposite effect. Like, yeah. once you reach a certain age, then, like, you would start, like, regressing back uh, to puppyhood. I feel like Jim, once he reached, like, 15 or 16 years old, would just start pooping right. in the wow. house, peeing everywhere. Like, that's just how it would go. It's an uneven partnership, too, right? Like, two people if uh, or, or a person and a dog, one of them has to be doing more uh, more of a burden on the other. So that means it's aging the other person more. So for Isaiah. You just look at your dog. You're like, you are just take him to the vet every day. You're like, you sure there's nothing? Nothing wrong with this thing? I swear. Because I, I think he's getting older now. I mean, it's a miracle he's made it this long, honestly. I know. That is nice that he, this dog would be living so long. Would Hudson and Nikki's celebrity couple nickname be Hucky or Nidson? It's a good thing they aren't together. The Riot Radio U. So there's no easy way to say this. Uh, But I think it's time for us to take a closer look at Uranus. Oh, the planet? (laughs) Yeah, I think it's time to probe Uranus. It's not even me. It's not me. I'm not saying this. I will tell you that the article is written all like that. Yeah, You know, it's not something I'm saying. I'm just agreeing with what scientists are saying. They say it is time that we go to Uranus and then we inspect it a little more closely so that we can study and learn about Uranus. That's I, what they want to do. I do like the uh, author of the article is like, yes, get your jokes in now. Yeah, I, it's not even a joke. I'm just saying what the scientists <laughs> oh, are saying. Oh, you're enjoying that it's a part of it that you can't say it that I want to be clear. <laughs> if I just want to say they want to look at it. They want to probe it. No. They want to. Stop with that word. What? Stop it. That's what they're saying. I don't care. You can put something else in. That yeah, but then it would be. Uh, I don't want to be too vague. I don't want to mince words. I'm. I want to relay. Want to this is news. About it's it. news sure. about what NASA wants to do, and what they want to do 
I mean, it's in the dang name. They are <laughs> scientists are calling on NASA to create the Uranus Orbiter and Probe. Great. They want to send a probe into Uranus. Right. I hear what you're saying. I hear it, and I just don't want to anymore. I don't. I, I don't know why they can't change the name of one of these things. Well, something has to give. <laughs> so, something has to give. I, I just, how are we supposed to take any of this seriously? Well, you're supposed to, um, you know, just be able to handle it and be grown up about the name. I'm trying to and not make it. A and joke. you're over there laughing. At I'm me. not laughing. I'm just like, <laughs> please stop saying it in my headphones. I just stop. Want to saying stop what? Everything that you've said. Everything. <laughs> what do you have a problem with? All Is of it, it Uranus? No. Exactly. You have a problem with Uranus? Stop. <laughs> Stop. I feel trapped. I feel trapped in here. Stop it. Just please, please, please just tell us what they're saying and let's go. I told you what they're saying. Okay, then we can go now. That's all we got. Oh, Fine. thank you. Thank you for telling it. Fine. If you'd like to read the article so that you, a learned, uh, somebody who has a quest for knowledge mm-hmm. and wants to find out more about space, yeah. the cosmic, uh, cosmic things circling mm-hmm. uh, the sun, then go ahead and text in at eight seven seven two and let us know because Nikki's not mature enough to handle this. Well, I'm very uncomfortable. Yeah, uh, the scientists, I will say, they envision a mission launching sometime in the 2030s. Uh, so they have to start working on that next year if they want to do all that. Why are Hudson, Nikki, and Isaiah always eating on the show? The more we feed them, the less they talk. The riots. Radio U. So check this out. Uh, Manly Bands, they are a website that sells manly wedding bands. Mm-hmm. They have struck a official partnership with DC Comics. So they are now going to be selling officially licensed DC-themed wedding bands. Uh, you know, Wonder Woman-themed, uh, The Flash, Batman, Superman, The Joker, yeah. and Aquaman. I mean, if you love uh, Aquaman that much, why don't you just marry him? <laughs> You know? Okay, then. <laughs> but they're out there now. If you want to, that's the whole line. So if you want to pledge your love to your significant other and to DC comic, to a DC Comics character, you're now able to do it, uh, and it's all official. Mm-hmm. So your money in some way goes to DC instead of going to some person on Etsy or something. They look good. I mean, uh, you know, if you especially don't like to wear jewelry, what's the style? A lot of guys like um, the, is it tungsten? Tungsten? Yeah, yeah that's, a lot of guys that's common, right? Like that style or like the workout wedding or like... Uh, I like you bands. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you just want to wear jewelry. Um, these kind of look nice. Some of them look a little bit more. I think it's the Joker one. Yeah. Some of them maybe look a bit, well, or even the Superman one. The Superman one is pretty, like, I don't know what the word, flamboyant. Like, it's just attention grabbing. Mm-hmm. Where the Batman one, the Batman especially, nice. could definitely just go as, that just looks like a normal wedding band. But uh, if you didn't look too closely at it, I feel that the the Joker one particularly, although I, I do I do worry about branding your wedding, branding your love, not with the person you're marrying, but with with, with a, a brand that does feel. <laughs> but especially if your if your significant other is like pick, you're picking out the wedding bands. Yes, I'd like a Joker wedding band. Feels like a red flag to me. I mean, I guess it's too late if you're at the wedding band picking out stage. You're you're running out of options at that point, but that does feel like a bit concerning. Well, some people don't like um, to wear jewelry at all, uh-huh. so maybe so you're this... lucky if you can get them to wear anything. Yeah, this is and maybe kinda... they just 
they buy this. Yeah, they break it out every so often, but it's not something you constantly wear, which is kind of the point of a wedding band to wear it constantly. But you know what? Uh, If this is what something that you're interested in, go for it. If it was Marvel, you guys would be all over. Oh no, it'd still be weird. (laughs) Still, I feel like that's too much. You know, can't can't there just be a few things that are safe from uh, brand loyalty? Yeah, sacred. Can't there, you know, can't the sanctity, uh, what is it? Sanct- sanctity, sanctity of marriage be safe <laughs> from Wonder Woman and the Joker? Well, it, uh, you know, marketing does find its way into literally every yeah. point in life. So the DC Comics collection, the price is not too bad. Like, I know you can get way cheaper bands, but yeah. uh, they're 300 They start at $325. That's not the worst. And for... you get a complimentary silicone band as well. So one oh. that matches it. Because then a lot of times, you know, again, people wear that if they don't want to wear an actual band out. Maybe. Yeah, it's more comfortable. That's a good idea. Yeah, so there you go if you're, uh, now that I've made fun of it, now that I made you feel bad. <laughs> you know what, though? You proved me wrong. You just buy one to spite me. Well, honestly, out of married. all of them, the Bruce Wayne, oh, which is the that Batman one. is 100% one, the coolest, that right? That one looks nice. And the Wonder Woman one is, uh, it's not so right, too. Like, if uh, I th- feel like that is more, uh, even though it is manly bands, that feels like that could be more Directed at females, but hey, a guy could, uh, could, I don't know. I feel that also feels a little weird. Hey, Doesn't it feel sh- weird? Stop, stop. You're just making it worse. <laughs> it wouldn't just, concern you. If just, you're... It's fine. Just leave it at you like the Batman, the Bruce Wayne right. one, okay? Yeah, right. <laughs> Hudson, Nikki, the riot on Radio U. It is food fight time. We have the new Flame and Hot. Mountain Dew, now available in stores. Nikki, you said you found this at a UDF. I did. United Dairy Farmers. But there, it's just random places. Mountain Dew's not saying a lot. This was for sale through their website last year. Mm-hmm. And it, we thought it was a limited run. And then everybody started talking a few weeks ago about why are we just coming across uh, the Flaming Hot Mountain Dew at just different stores? Yeah, popping up at Walmart. We weren't sure it was real. And then yesterday, I was like, wait, what's that? <laughs> and here here we have it. Flaming Hot Mountain Dew. It says, Dew with a blast of heat and, and citrus. citrus. Mm-hmm. So uh, are we ready to dive? I mean, the sun has barely peaked over the uh, horizon. <laughs> And so, and we're ready to dive into Flaming Hot Mountain Dew to start our day. Do you like Flaming Hot Cheetos? I do. I'm, I'm a big Flaming Hot guy. I like a little bit of spice, but this is going to be. I don't. I just. Don't, I don't. I'm kind of nervous because I don't feel like it's going to be that spicy. That's my yeah, thought on it. Yeah, right. That's I don't a good think point. it's going to be that hot. You, well, so what are your? You, uh, I won't tell you some of the reviews uh-oh. or some of the people that have tried it before. Uh-huh. But we should feel a little bit of heat. Okay. Are just your? A uh, what are your sincere expectations? Do you really think? That you would like this? You think there's a good chance that you'll drink more than one sip or that you would even buy it again because you like it so much? Well, basically, we usually try to just have uh, zeros or like the diet yeah. version. Oh, yeah, so yeah, you I, have to point that out, right? I don't think we can drink all of this. Yeah. No chance. <laughs> Looking at the calorie count, it does feel bad. But uh, hey, if it's good enough, I can look past the calories. I mean, we're still eating Easter candy here, so like <laughs> yeah. we can't throw this into the mix, but it'll be good for a sip and at least try it. All right. Flaming Hot Mountain Dew. Let's let's dive in. Heat and uh, citrus with it well you had just opened yours now mm-hmm. come mm-hmm. on <laughs> Ooh. you do get it jason was right he texted mm. in said you feel it like in the back of your throat yep, afterwards that's i'm getting it it's not it's not hot like hot, it's not hot, on your tongue but no. it's really nice Dang. i really wanted it to be hot hot like yeah, i wanted a little bit of pain right? this morning and, i wanted and, a little extra and 
Do you get like a different flavor with it? It kind of tastes like, uh, what is that? I don't know if it's regular Mountain Dew. Mm-hmm. It's, well, and then the second sip, it starts to build. It does get a little warmer. Dang, I just want a little bit more heat with it. Yeah. I want to be sweating. Do you know why? You need all 260 calories. Yeah. You got to finish the whole thing. <laughs> it and really, then you'll be sweating for other reasons. It's so odd, right? With a lot of hot stuff, uh, you get it, and then you get it on your lips, and then it never leaves your lips. Yeah. Uh, um. A moment on your hips, forever oh on the lips with hot stuff. But, this you uh, feel right in the back. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's in my actual throat. I feel it, but not on my tongue, not on my lips whatsoever. And then, But the taste of it really is pretty much a standard Mountain Dew, maybe mm-hmm. more Code Reddish flavor, but it's not that unique of a flavor compared to other Mountain Dews. I think it feels better than some of the other uh, fun flavors that they do. Mm-hmm. Like this, I could actually probably drink more Yeah, I think I could go it. for more of yeah, this. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's not too artificially tasting with it, but the, the heat's good. I think that's a nice touch. Yeah, I kind of like it. I would definitely, if you gave me the option of having this in a zero form, just because, uh, you know, counting calories, I'm a big, uh, <laughs> got to be conscious over here. Sure. Uh, don't want to develop I don't even, you know, who knows what. You so, would rather have it in zero is what you're I, saying. Yes, all that Got to say, it. I wish they had a zero form, but that doesn't mean this that'll stop me good. from drinking this whole thing and maybe perhaps seeking this out another time. See, I don't think that this would be something I'd buy, no. buy no again. I don't think so. It just it's, I don't think it's quite good enough. And I think also, like, the heat is, like, an interesting thing, but if it wouldn't be something that I'd want to have, like, if it was a hot summer day, oh, and then I'm like, well, let me it. grab a pop, and then I'm just burning the back of my throat. It doesn't really go with, like, drinks, like, I feel like, just, like, the spiciness of it. But it's fun. I yeah, mean, it's a, a fun thing. It's a nice thing to try some Mountain Dew. Thanks for throwing us all a... A Mountain Dew by putting it out there. Yeah, right. And not just being for sale online. So that's the Mountain Dew Flaming Hot that is available at just different places. You just wow. might find it's in cans and bottles too. Uh what's our final score? How many uh mountain how many flames you give it? How many this? flames out of how many? Five or ten? Uh out of five flames, how many flames you giving it? I'm surprised I give it four out of five. Yeah, I think four and a half. I think four and a half, like as in hotness or as in goodness. No, goodness. goodness. Oh, okay, I was about to say, I, I feel like it's pretty solid. I give it like a four flame. Yeah. There we go. Four. It's yeah. good. It's high hot. marks. High yes. marks. <laughs> you won't hear a show like this anywhere else. And that's probably for the best. The worst of the riot. Radio U. You remember the old Disney movies? Uh, like the if you had them on, v- on VHS and it would always start before the uh, actual movie. It would be like, coming soon to theaters is the blue screen and the text. You don't remember that? I think I do. Yeah, that's I was thinking. You're Let me just say Coming yes. soon to TikTok. I, I agree with you. Yeah, <laughs> I can do that. I can do that same thing. Coming soon to TikTok. Oh, you're it'll the be, new trailer guy. Yeah, there we go. Uh, Nikki, you're, you're a Hallmark fan, aren't you? I love the Hallmark movies. I don't. What? Uh, do I have access thanks to a, a shared login? Uh-huh. Maybe. How many do you... Be honest. How many do you watch a year? Maybe one, maybe That's two. That's it? That's it. I used to like the sort of themed like Christmas, Valentine's uh-huh. stuff, but then they really are a formula. Yeah. And if so you watch- So you feel like you've seen one, you've seen them all. Oh, yeah. If you watch them back to back, especially, you're like, and here comes this, and here's this, <laughs> and here's that. So I, I probably watched more of them back in the day, but not as much. So you know, uh, even if you've only watched a few Hallmark movies, you probably know one of the main staples, one of the, one of the parts of the formula- Candace Cameron Bure, right? Oh, yeah. She was the Fuller House. She's Fuller from Fuller House, House right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Who did she play? DJ? Yeah. 
She's DJ, and she's also uh, she's Kirk Cameron's sister. Yep. She's Valerie Beret's husband. Uh, no, wife. Valerie, <laughs> Valerie Beret, former He's NHL star, Russian NHL. Uh, his brother was much better than he was, but still, he made it. He made it in the NHL. <laughs> played for like the Flames it. for a while. I just love your random comments. <laughs> and uh, well, that's the Beret. Oh, so sure. people might remember her as Candace Cameron, but it's Beret. And that's why. Uh, so if you uh, have loved her in Hallmark movies, I've got bad news. What's the bad news? She's not going to be doing anymore. Is she going to another channel? Yes, <laughs> she is. She is moving on from Hallmark. She has now signed a new deal with uh, really the Hallmark's, uh, I would say, kind of their competition. Mm-hmm. Although if I remember right, they have like some kind of partnership with Hallmark. It's called GAC Media. Mm-hmm. Uh, GAC is a channel, the Great American something. Channel. Channel, I guess. <laughs> uh, oh, they have, no, they have two channels. GAC Family and GAC Living. Sure. Uh, so she is now going to be working in uh, alongside GAC. And so if you're looking for Candace Cameron, once Christmas time, Candace Cameron Beret, once Christmas time rolls around. Right. You know what this means? What's that mean? This means that by Christmas or whenever they start their Christmas in July, uh-huh. that you're going to have to help your mom figure out what GAC is. Yeah, right. She's <laughs> got to get a subscription over. to that. Well, it's also going to be very jarring when she turns on the Hallmark channel at Christmas time or maybe Christmas in July. And is seeing actresses that aren't Candace Cameron Bure starring in the movies. You're like, who's that? Well, I don't recognize to, them. That your mom will use as an excuse for you to come over and, and you watch, can do your laundry and, and you can watch, go watch. And watch Hallmark <laughs> movies with her. You guys can spend some time together. Aw, it is always nice. Yeah, well, good for uh, Candace Cameron Bure for moving on to bigger and better things, I guess. You know what that means? What's that mean? That means the, the money offer was bigger. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we Va- don't blame you. Valerie Bure, her husband is going to be living large too, right? <laughs> sure he's very excited about this. More money. A new opportunity for him. We would say rate and review the podcast. But uh, let's be honest, that would probably hurt more than hell. The worst of the Riot podcast. Well, we've talked earlier today about how Netflix, uh, they lost subscribers. Their subscription numbers went down uh, so far this year. That's the first time that's happened since, uh, well, like over a decade. Uh, and it just so happens that uh, we also just got Fandom's second annual state of streaming report. Mm-hmm. They do a big survey of a bunch of uh, people basically asking a lot of questions about streaming stuff. Uh, one of the things they found or one of the things they asked about was uh, like how much you're paying for your streaming service, how much you think it's worth. Yeah. Uh, they Which found... is not the same number. No, of course not. <laughs> of course not. But somehow we all just keep on paying it, don't we? Especially with Netflix. Man, I have thought about canceling it. Time... And not like as in like a statement. A protest or anything. That happens every so often. But I just, you know, I don't use it a lot. And yeah. then I'll be so close to it. And then one thing comes out. Yes, that's what they do, right? Then you go back into it. And they, I should have canceled a long time. Ago. Yeah, well, uh, they say in this survey, we say, as as the people, the public says, 61% of people believe their streaming services are too expensive. Mm-hmm. And uh, the average amount that somebody would want to pay for a streaming service is actually not zero, believe it or not. The average is $7.46 a month. Yeah. And most streaming services are more expensive than that, particularly... If they don't have ads, sure. you're going to be paying more for that. 
Uh, so here is what they also broke it down by how much people think each streaming service is worth, uh, like in, by, by streaming service. Yeah. So not what you pay again, this will be a lower number, mm-hmm. but what you feel like you should be paying for these. And so the average feeling, uh, surprisingly the most expensive, the most people were willing to pay or most people thought it was worth was Netflix, mm-hmm. which I guess it, you just have a sheer amount of content. Netflix has to win. Right. But uh, they people said they were willing to pay on average ten dollars and sixty cents for Netflix. HBO, you know what? If HBO. You, yes. If you were paying ten dollars and sixty cents for Netflix, I think that would feel okay. But I don't think most people are. They're paying for more, or they're not paying at all. Way more than yeah. that. HBO Max was second with nine dollars and thirty cents. Mm-hmm. Disney Plus nine twenty. <laughs> I don't know why the ten cents <laughs> yeah, is there. Right? Hulu. They feel like you would pay eight dollars and sixty cents. Amazon generous. Prime eight dollars and sixty cents. Apple TV six dollars and ninety cents paramount plus six dollars and eighty cents and peacock nothing no yeah. <laughs> that was five dollars and fifty cents which when you compare to the other ones that really is an indictment of peacock isn't I it the people are, are willing to pay even like a dollar and a half less than any other streaming service that's how bad we all think peacock is well, it was just really hard if you go back when you know you had all your shows on like one or two streaming services yeah now it's just spread across so many of them yep. that it's a lot of money. It's just like if you're old enough to remember, uh, if you can think back to before streaming services where there was you had to buy cable or satellite TV or whatever, and there was a million channels, and to get the couple of shows that you wanted, you had to buy every single package till you could get the one channel that's in this pack. Like you get ESPN so you can watch sports in this package, and then AMC so you can watch Breaking Bad in this package. But, like, you add it all up, and it was way more than you think you should be paying. You're like, I wish I could just pick and choose my channels. And now that's what people think with streaming, too. It's like everything, you have to pay for each thing individually. When you add it all up, it's way too much. And you just wish you could watch the couple shows and things you actually like. But uh, And that's what we thought streaming would fix. And it has not. Now I'm just turning into the person. I was like, well, I don't need to watch the show then. No. Yeah. <laughs> just watch nothing. I'll watch nothing and I'll be happier. I'll, with I'll that. watch TikTok and that's good enough for me. That's and that's I completely do. free. There are two types of people in this world. And Hudson has a problem with both. You're listening to The Riot on Radio U. Uh, check this out, Nikki. Uh, in the state of Texas. Yeah. They are requiring their state troopers to get in better shape. Uh-oh. Yeah. So what do you mean, uh-oh? Well, no, Don't you like, think the law enforcement officers should be uh, in peak physical condition? I think... So they can chase down the perps? I think everybody has different body shapes. Uh-huh. And I'm sure you had one to get into becoming a police officer. Yeah. Like, you, I'm sure you had to pass health and physical things. Yeah. And then I think I remember learning that that can... You learned that in Paul Blart Mall Cop? Uh, maybe. <laughs> no, actually, the real reason is, a few years ago, I remember I went to New York City. Uh-huh. And I don't know if it's like this now, but my first experience for police in New York uh-huh. was... Like, like there would always be five or six police officers at almost every corner. Uh-huh. And some of them didn't look like police officers. <laughs> you know, like it just wasn't. It was like yeah. they were going over quantity over quality. Sure. Uh, they just had so many and a lot were just in various um you know, even the uniforms look different, sure, too. Yeah. Uh, so I just remember, I was like, well, I wonder <laughs> how does that work if you're a police officer? Can you be let go if you yeah. let yourself go? Well, I wonder <laughs> if it uh, also could be different for police officers versus state troopers. Could probably, be another thing. Probably. Um, but in Texas, they are going to require specifically 
uh, they're going to require their uh, state troopers to uh, reduce their waistline Uh-oh. if they're over a certain uh, measurement. So for uh, for male state troopers, if your waist is over 40 inches, yeah. and if you're a woman, if it's over 35 inches, you're going to have to track and share the weight loss efforts. Uh, and if you don't, by uh, time by the time December rolls around, they may face consequences such as denial of promotions, mm-hmm. overtime, or removal from law enforcement duties. I don't know if that's another way to put firing or if that just means you have to sit at a desk instead of actually being out in the field. That's what I always thought. You just got the inside stuff. Yeah. Then. So uh, either way, though, they're really they're cracking down Uh-oh. on if you've been uh, if you've been uh, having expanding waistline. Uh, they're not going to take kindly to that anymore in the state of Texas. So they're saying normally their waist measurements uh, go along with the department's uh, rules on like physical fitness. Yeah. And they use running, rowing and weight training lift tests. And now at this point, even if you pass the physical tests, mm-hmm. but your waist is still larger than these measurements, uh-huh. you'll have to be more transparent and work with mm. the state patrol to show if you are trying to lose weight or how your health is going along with that. Must it. mean they've got a new deal to buy some like new cars, Maybe. and the cars can't accommodate people Maybe. with forty-inch waists or something. I think like the that. uniforms probably. Oh yeah, that could be it too. <laughs> uh, well, they say they just have a they want a commanding presence in texas and you have to be in uh, a certain level of fitness uh-huh. to be able to fight I, crime i feel like uh, somebody with a 40 inch waist could still be pretty commanding oh yeah absolutely yeah so i don't know but it, it, it's it's interesting i wonder if other places just have this requirement it's in the news now I'm because sure they're everywhere. cracking down on it but who knows if other places just have a standard Dude. but uh can you imagine going in i'd be crying oh yeah that'd be a tough day if you <laughs> knew right day. you see this in the news oh man work is going to be rough i don't know i'm going to start looking for a new job or you're going to have to start dieting neither one is really great and so. you're going to have to suck it in the whole day yeah right absolutely perfect no notes the riot on radio U. Well, this might make you to think twice about going to the dentist all the time. We don't want to go to the dentist. But you still do it anyways, don't you? That's because you, you you feed into the lies. Yeah. <laughs> you ever think about uh, all the things that could go wrong at the dentist? All the time. They could give you too much of that, uh, what's that stuff? Yeah, that's stuff. That knocks you out. Not the Novocaine. What, when you, uh, the laughing gas, mm-hmm. whatever that is. What if you get too much of that and never wake up? Gosh, well, thanks for feeding the anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> I do get that every time I go to the oh, dentist. Yeah. Every time they put me under. The you laughing know? gas. Oh, yeah, just so they can clean my teeth. Yeah. You know? They got to oh, put me under. It could well, happen. Every what? time. Technically, that's not putting you under, guys. That's the other <laughs> stuff. That's like the, uh, if you ever do the Twilight stuff, maybe that is what laughing gas is called. Uh-huh. Uh, mm. But yeah, like the Twilight where you're just out for a little bit. Yeah. See, I want some laughing gas. I don't think I've ever gotten it. Like in years, have you ever gotten laughing gas? Not at the dentist. I got, I got, I had to be put under, uh, anesthetized, mm-hmm. uh, and not locally. What is it called when they just knock you out? When they mm. pulled my eye out of my head and oh, pieced that? it back together. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They unsurprisingly. That's not laughing. I wasn't. Yes. Uh, I wasn't a lot awake for that one. Sure. <laughs> well, yeah. Anyways. You forget the uh, dentist is not the only place. That yeah, uses that's right. This, this could go wrong yeah. with the doctor too. But in this case, I guess it was a doctor that wound up in a way saving the day. And dentists are doctors too, right? But uh, uh, a patient, a dental patient, his name is Tom. 
Tom Cozy, 60 years old. He was getting a filling from a dentist in uh, Illinois when he accidentally wound up inhaling the drill bit. Aww. He inhaled the drill bit from the uh, from the dentist. The drill. Yeah, the drill. You're sure, welcome. that's one way to put it. <laughs> and uh, so I guess it went down. Let's see. He says it felt like it was a cough, a cough uh, and then they did a CT scan. They realized he didn't swallow it. He inhaled it, so I guess it went into uh, his lungs. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and although it did not take uh, it did not take invasive surgery for them to remove it, fortunately, it was a little easier than that. But, man, that is, uh, that's rather frightening. I feel a lawsuit. Yeah, yeah. that's a lot of money for Tom. Good for him. <laughs> I feel free dental business. Yeah, yeah forever. Right? <laughs> so I guess if it's worth it. That must have been scary, though, because they had to go to a lung specialist to do the procedure. Um, and they got the, so the drill bit. It felt like they they keep saying it's a tiny one. Uh-huh. So that way I think well, tiny to enough mi- to inhale. And minimize yeah. it. But uh, the tiny drill bit uh, fell off and broke off of it. And then he inhaled it. Did you see this? Uh, you know, sometimes after you get a surgery or whatever, if they pull mm-hmm. something out, like you get to keep it. Yeah. You got to keep the drill bit. That's awesome. That's his drill bit now. The That's dentist doesn't his. get that one back. Nope. And uh, there's no update on. And it's on YouTube. You can watch the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I want to. Oh, I am. I'm scrolling through yeah. it. I'm scrolling through Ew. it. <laughs> I don't like it. There it is. I don't like it. They're pulling it up. <laughs> well, now you do have another thing to be worried about when you didn't want to go to the dentist yeah, in the first Yeah, that place. probably wasn't one that really came to the top of mind going mm-hmm. to the dentist. It was just like, I hope they don't tell me my teeth are too dirty or I need to get a filling. Yeah. And now they're telling you, you, you I mean, now they're not telling you this, <laughs> but you could inhale a drill bit. I just hate when they warn you because my dentist started using this new type of Novocaine uh-huh. and they're like, well, as long as your eyes don't hurt. Because they said like, if it goes up to your eyes, then you might be having like a reaction to oh, it. Oh, lordy. Just because it, that means that it's, it's farther than too much. Too, <laughs> too much. Too much. And I remember sitting there and I was like, I think my eyes. Yeah, I think they're hurting. Not know why. You're not supposed to tell me that. You're not supposed to tell me that before, because then I just think about it the whole time. The whole time you're going, I think I'm gonna die. My eyes hurt. I don't know. Is that like a tingling sensation I'm feeling? Is that pain or not? I don't know. And you don't want to be the baby bringing it up to the dentist. Yeah, of course. I don't want to be the person that dies. Yeah. That's enough of that. For more riot content, head to riot.radiou.com. Audio Hub Preview.